the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're hump day today. Hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day. We're closer to Friday than we were on Monday. And that's a good thing for Kerry because it makes me a happy guy. So I, I'll, I'll ask him upbeat questions today. <laughs> Kerry Murphy's here. How you doing, Kerry? Man, doing great. Well, you ready to switch out of gun show mode and now do... I'm running for this office, and I want everybody to know what I want to do. If, yeah, you know, you put me in. Sarah, uh, what was it, a month or so ago on your show, I announced that I was going to run. Yes. And uh, we just finished our uh, Sling County Gun and Knife show that we have, and uh, it was awesome. We had uh, uh, over 3,500 come through. Governor came through, and uh, we had David Sterling, some others there. And so we finished that, and now it's uh, full-time campaign mode because I'm in a May 22nd primary, Republican primary. Right. And uh, so I'm campaigning from now until after that. My next gun show will be June the 23rd and 24th at, at uh, Benton in the Sling County, uh, in the Vent- Benton Event Center. We're going to have the Sling County Gun Show again. We do it three times a year. Then. Right. So you you, you hit, the, you hit the, the, the ground running to run for this office, and then you're going to take a couple of weeks off to – reel your tongue back in because it'll be dragging the ground about oh that. yeah and, and i'll be broke so i'll have to come raise more money so i have another gun so <laughs> and get everything get now you you were telling me that, as we were coming on that you got an endorsement today uh i've got it the other day and i was okay. going to announce it on your show i like announcing things on your show dave because everybody listens and reaches out there right yeah. and uh conservative folks and uh so i've got the endorsement of lieutenant governor tim griffin oh that's good and uh, and some other legislators uh, that have told me their support, and uh, I'm, they they want to wait and announce it at a different time. So okay, um, I know one that'll probably endorse you. You want me to tell you who I think will endorse you? Who? Kim Hammer. Well, I you know I with the primary, uh, I don't but know. He's got, you know, he's got his the whole thing to be worrying about right yeah now. he's got a race that he's in, and so sometimes when people are in races like that, they don't um, publicly announce stuff. I know we're friends. I know uh, I support him. He's done a great job for our district, uh, and he's moving on to the Senate. Right. And uh, But, you know, I I want to keep his Christian conservative values that he's been doing and, and, and move forward and just carry on and, and actually do some, you know, work work hard just like he has. All right. For all the people, and this is going to be really difficult for me to say because you've been on my show so often, but we don't typically talk to you about what your life has been and things of that nature. We talk about guns typically when you come on. So for the listeners who only know you from your business, what uh, what do you want to tell them? What are what are the things you're known for that you're going to bring to this race and to this office if elected to it? Well, from my history, first off, uh, family. 
you know, married to my wife for 24 years. Now, this year, I'll get to buy something silver and shiny for yeah, her. Yeah, you got to buy something bigger. Uh, yeah, I'm just telling you. That, and that's what Hallmark. Flower, flowers and going to dinner. <laughs> that's what Hallmark tells me I, what, it, what it is, the silver anniversary, mm-hmm. which I'm proud of. But I, my daughter, uh, very proud of her. She goes to A-State in college. Um, but, you know, but after that, uh, the family, the family unit, try, you know, that's where the conservative, where I grew up from, uh, my dad and mom teach me and going to church and, and, uh, uh, taking me hunting and fishing. And, you know, I know that everybody doesn't get that nowadays. So keeping them values in Saline County, um, you know, I, I was a Sergeant in the Marine Corps. I don't think a lot of people know that one, Kerry. They don't know. I was a yeah, combat veteran. Uh was serving the Marine Corps, serving Desert Shield and Desert Storm. So, uh, you know, that's uh, something I'm very proud of. Not a lot of people can say they've been through and done. Yeah. Um, and that gives me, you know, the, the ability to fight. I don't back down from a fight. I don't get bullied. But I'm professional. If, you know, somebody disagrees with me, I try to persuade them to my way, and then, you know, and we go and vote. I've, I'm on an issue by issue. You know, I've been on the city council for eight years in Benton, and um, it's uh, nonpartisan when you're there, but everybody knows there's more conservatives and more spenders, you know. I don't like nonpartisan and, races. Right, but you you know who's there, but you don't always agree on things. But right. you, you, you work together. You find solutions. Uh, I try to win them over to my side. If it doesn't happen, then um, I don't get mad the next day. I mean, I'm di- I may be disappointed, but the next issue is another issue, another vote. I don't hold it against them. I don't say, well, you didn't vote for my issue, so I'm not voting for yours. I'm not that type. Uh, right. I've had people mad yelling at me sometimes before for things that I've wanted to do or cut back or, or save. And um, you just, you know, I just sat there and listened to it. They're not going to get under my skin. I've been, I mean, once you've been in the war, there's nothing going to be. Yeah, when somebody shoots at you, it's a little you know, bit different, isn't it? You can take that kind of stuff. <laughs> and you can dish it out when you have to, but you can, you know, it's all professional. Right. So I was, uh, last year, I was 2017 Entrepreneur of the Year in Saline County. I was County. going to just bring that up because out of all of this, this is the thing that I did not know about you. The Entrepreneur of the Year, what all did that entail? to come up for that award well it i didn't even know that i was getting nominated by folks <laughs> uh, the celine courier runs uh, uh the paper there local they run different uh things you know the best of the best and who's you know and, and they have people that call in and all well and next thing i know i get a phone call that i had i said what are you talking about and they said well you've got an entrepreneur of the year well people started spreading it around and nominated me and it just took off and i got and they voted for me you know, I bring a lot to Saline County with the gun show. You know, you talk about 3,000 people coming in from all over the state. I mean, all over. Some of them out of state. But you bring vendors in. You get hotels filled, restaurants filled. They shop. They go to the movies. I bring the vendors in to set up trucks and four-wheelers and boats, you know, to sell. Uh, the restaurants I use are Saline County in there. And, and then when I go to gun shows in other parts of the state, I take them, some of them with me. Right. And so uh, I'm trying to, you know, get them more business. And I and I think that plus being on city council, working hard for folks in the community, serving them. Um, you know, I've got other businesses, too, that I do uh, that, you know, screen print, embroidering, graphics, that, you know, marketing. And uh, I do that. But as I focus mainly now. My main job is, um, you know, gun shows and the city council. 
All right. You're the first vice chair of the Saline County Republican Committee. Yep. What does that entail? Well, the Saline County Republican Party uh, joined that over eight years ago. And I've helped candidates all over Saline County. Uh, I'm, we're talking door-to-door, phone calls, signs, whatever it takes. And I've worked for conservative leaders. I, 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 don't, I don't do it for Democrats. I do it for Republicans. And I do it for conservative Republicans. So uh, I've worked with a ton of people all over the state because I ran for um, – I worked for Congressman Griffin uh-huh. when he was in Congress for the 2nd District. Worked for Congressman Fritch Hill uh, and helping him in the 2nd District. But I actually ran the statewide sign, sign campaign for Lieutenant Governor uh, Griffin and worked all over the state. Holy so God. when I go to – when I was in Maumelle or Conway or Fayetteville – I was working with other legislators to help them get elected. I started, to, instead of just working for one person, I would uh, talk to Griffin. We, I'd say, here's the JP, here's the state rep, here's the senator. If we all combine together and we support them, we can help raise, you know, get more door hangers out. We can work together and get cover a bigger area. And we'd cover a 1,000 homes every Saturday. And so by doing that, you make friends. I mean, if somebody's going to spend the time to walk a neighborhood with you for four or five hours, they they know you they've got your support well i've developed relationships with uh all these folks that are in i mean a ton of them robin lundstrom jane english karen brown alan clark sanders uh mark lowry uh andy davis i mean there's tons of i mean if if they're in the district and around they they know me okay so so why why now why did you decide to run now why not earlier i mean you've been involved in in politics for years i've known you for years being involved yeah. why why is it now your time to get involved this way well one the timing with my family my daughter being in college and not at home so she's off and doing her thing you know and and uh that allows some of the time there where i'm not missing with my family Good. because it takes it takes a lot of time to do it even city council takes a lot of time and um and then with a hammer, uh, which was great for the seat and I, you know, supported, I would never run against him because I like what he was doing. Right. So now that, uh, it's an open seat, I did not want, um, I wanted to say conservative. I, I didn't want somebody coming in that I didn't know their policies, where they stood, if they haven't worked on campaigns or haven't been involved in the process. I don't know how conservative they are or where they stand on issues. And I sure didn't want uh, – there is a uh, Democrat, a liberal Democrat, big-time liberal, that is running for the seat. So, um, you know, I have an unrelenting work ethic. Nobody is going to outwork me. You may outspend me if you get more money, or, uh, but you're not going to outwork me. And uh, signs, uh, putting them up, uh, asking for people's votes uh, – you know, you got to ask for them. Uh, some people don't know you, and you got to tell them about yourself, just like I'm doing now, and ask for their votes. And uh, I'm accessible. I mean, you know, my mobile number, I've, I've always had it out there. I learned that from Griffin right on. You'd let anybody, they got to, if they want to call me, whether it's to gripe, complain about a drainage issue or a dog barking next door, they call me at home. I don't care. My number is 501 580 3737. So you, you learned this one from Tim Griffin. That's huh? right. I mean, I, I always had mine on signs and stuff for the gun show because people will call and they'll want to know where's it at or is it open and on. If you can't 
answer the call, you might miss a customer. That's correct. So I'm totally accessible. I'm the kind of, no matter how rich or poor, I am average guy. You, everybody puts their britches on one leg at a time. And nobody, in my opinion, is better than the other guy. I don't, I don't let somebody, you know, if you've got an issue, but you haven't donated to my campaign, it doesn't mean I'm not going to take your issue any less serious. I'm about jobs, uh, bringing jobs, getting people a hand, you know, not a handout, but a hand up. Mm-hmm. And I, I want everybody to have a job so they can go to work, support their family and earn a living. And, and I think that Saline County, we need some more jobs. We need more industry. We have a lot of retail, but as you know, that only goes so far. You know, a bedroom community, people work other places. I want to create some more industry in our county, and I think I can help get there. And okay. I, so that's uh, that's another issue that I have. But always lowering taxes, anything I can do to to help lower them. Now, there's stuff out there like the gas tax. That's going to be coming up. That they're going to be talking about. Right. They're yeah. already talking about it. They they're started talking, talking about, it. about it last year. And I know it's for the highway and transportation. But anytime you have to show me that that is the very, very last option that you got to fix things. You know, I would I would rather cut costs and, and find the prioritize our resources so that we can adequately fund the transportation department and if there's some things we can cut that can help us you know fill it great but all of that needs to be looked at and especially with the transformation board that's working all them ideas they need to be all the way out there before anybody talks about a tax increase all right we'll talk uh, this hour with uh, Kerry murphy if you've got a question for him 823-0965 we'll take calls today phone lines are now open 823 823- 0965. Uh, you can ask him policy questions. You can ask him uh, things that he's done in the past. Whatever you want to ask him, here's your opportunity. Russ will answer the calls. He'll get them set up, and I'll bring the question uh, and bring you to the show so that you can ask him. Let's take a quick break. We got more coming your way here this hour. Kerry Murphy running for a state representative, District 27. 28. 28. Sorry, 28. 27 plus one, uh, 28. We'll, we'll have more with Carrie when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick show. All right. Remember phone lines are open a two, three Oh nine, six, five. We'll get to a call in just a second. I want to remind you that claiming your social security benefits can be tough. It can, can be fuse, uh, be confusing. It can be complicated. They change the rules on you every year and you need to know what those rules are so that you don't end up literally losing thousands of dollars over the lifetime that you're going to be picking up your benefits from social security. I mean, uh, do you know when you are fully vested and you can start pulling your social security benefits at a hundred percent? Did you know that maybe if you're six, if it's 66 and you wait another four years, you might be able to get up to 31% more benefits than if you didn't take them at 66 years old. Those are all kinds of things you'll learn uh, with David uh, uh, Lucas, who's host of the David Lucas Show here on 96.5 FM, The Answer. David hosted 17 educational Social Security workshops last year. All of them sold out because he knows what he's talking about. So he's got two coming up, and they are on the 29th and 30th of this month. 
Uh, you need to call 501-653-6690 and reserve a seat. That registration is $18. It includes a 34-page maximizing Social Security workbook. And I, I'm going to tell you this, the people who have gone to this, I have not talked to anyone that did not feel it was worth their time. That number again, 501-653-6690. All right, let's talk to Lewis out in Benton. Lewis, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Say hi to Carrie. Hi, Carrie. How are you doing, Lewis? Hi. Uh, I had a one question. We hear so much talk on the federal level about gun control and uh, how we're going to better protect our children in the schools. I, I kind of want to know what your approach is on the local and state level as far as uh, uh, better protecting the schools and maybe arming the school teachers uh, and, and what you can do uh, as in the, in the uh, as a representative to to, to uh, put this movement forward and uh, set all the talk and, and maybe get something done. And on a follow up, I, I'd like to know. I know a lot of uh, people jump on a lot of candidates jump on the uh, bandwagon as a Republican conservative, and uh, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your background. Maybe is is why. Uh, you're not just a crossover running to get elected as a Republican, and uh, and, and what your experience is uh, to make to make people vote for you. All right, Lewis, if you're listening, you'll hear his answer. And he started off by asking about uh, on the federal level. You know, they're talking about raising the age limit to, for kids to buy a, a gun to 21 years old. They're talking about maybe making it um, school teachers arming them. Uh, this is going to come down to what states want to do more than the federal government wants to do. Florida's already moved. They did yesterday. What's your thoughts about it? I mean, it's, I'm sure that in 2019, the general session, you're going to face questions about this. Well, I'm for It's like recently where they did the enhanced concealed carry so you can carry on college campuses and schools. Okay. Uh, I think that's a good start. I think that, um, you know, resource officers at Benton and Bryant, we have them in the school. And the city splits the cost with the school district. And I know that some school districts are poor and they, they don't have the money for that kind of thing. I'd like to see something where we harden our schools and we have the state, uh, you know, we find, we'd have to find the revenue where we get it from. But I think it's an important issue. I mean, harden, you know, you harden airports and other things. Why can't you harden the schools to protect the kids? So I, I think that there's a way to find uh, some funds to direct toward either helping with the resource officers, splitting costs, um, and equipment they have, um, giving them uh, the equipment that helps them keep doors shut and locked if something happens. I, I agree with if a teacher or a, a security or the coach wants to go through a training course, train with the, the units that also are going to be coming in and protecting the kids. You can train uh, in the summertime. They have uh, – you know, active shooter training. Uh, and anyway, you get certified and you'd have a gun. Uh, I believe it's for self-defense for the kids and themselves that it, as long as they've passed that course that they should be able to carry. Now, I'm not saying open carry walking down the hall so some teenager can come reach up and grab it. There's got to be a, uh, a method, whether it's biometric handprint of just that teacher in, in a locked drawer on their desk so that if it's happened, kids get in the classroom, hit that, get it out, and then protect the kids. Mm-hmm. There's ways to do that. Um, and I think that the resource officers and the teachers being armed is one way. I think uh, if they can't afford a resource officer, then there's uh, the state needs to look at ways to 
help fund that and protect them. All right. When we come back, because we've got to get to Todd Starn and his uh, commentary here in about 30 seconds, uh, we'll follow up about, you know, we're looking for conservatives to be elected. Uh, I think Lewis wanted you to kind of back up uh, what makes you the conservative and are you not just a, a moderate in disguise? We've had that happen here lately. And then we got a lot of Democrats that are crossing over and saying they were the Republicans all of a sudden, which uh, I find highly unlikely. All right, let's take a break. Let's get to Todd Starnes. We come back. Kerry Murphy's our guest running for District 28. We will talk to him and continue our conversation next. All right, we continue with our special guest. Uh, Kerry Murphy is here. He's decided to run for uh, state uh, representative, District 28. Kim Hammer has uh, given up that district to run for uh, state senator. He's running for Jeremy Hutchinson's uh, old uh, post, and I do not believe he has a challenger on the Republican side. Uh, is it Folst, I think, is the lady yeah, from on the Democrat side. east side uh, that's going to be running against him in November. She's the lady who was behind part of the charge for medicinal uh, marijuana. So anyway, that's who, uh, Kim will be taking on. Carrie has, uh, a person who wants to, uh, run for with the ticket for the Republican party who's running as well. And then there's a, um, big time, uh, liberal Democrat that would love to get into the, the state legislature and, uh, Carrie is ready to block that attempt. Oh yeah. I, I haven't, <laughs> You know, the the last guy, Lewis, asked me, about, you know, credential-wise, well, I've worked eight years uh, in Saline County and part of the party and was the secretary of the party, and now I'm first vice chair. So the chairman is uh, Steve Lux, and I'm running under him, and I help with membership and drive and uh, getting out the message. And uh, I've spent eight years pounding lead at the ground, you know, walking door to door, uh, making phone calls, putting up signs, helping candidates. And I'm talking about JPs in our district, uh, you know, county clerks, county, county offices, um, our second district, um, you know, anything, I mean, a Westerman, Cotton, uh, anybody that's conservative, I was helping around the state. And, of course, my uh, favorite, Griffin. Tim Griffin, you know, Congressman Griffin, now Lieutenant Governor Griffin. So, uh, and I've got his endorsement. So that ought to tell you right there, you know, he's not going to throw out his endorsement for somebody who's not conservative and Republican. So you weren't a Democrat last year? No, week, I you? didn't just join or I've never, no, it's not the case with me. Um, I, um, conservative values, I'm pro-life, you know, I, uh, that's important, um, you know, cutting wasteful spending, cutting taxes. I've been an alderman for eight years. You can look at the votes that I've made. You can uh, see how I've dealt with folks. You know, they they can tell you how professional, you know, I act when I'm on there. And, um, you know, and how I, I strive, you know, for cuts. Uh, I didn't vote for the budget this year because I know that we could cut some and we needed to. But I had to vote for a uh, – uh, utility increase because we had they had, we had taken too much away early in the years and they were at a point where they could not 
um, fulfill, you know, it's an old, Benton is an old city and it's big and it's growing new. But when you got new things, you can't get a two inch water pipe and supply uh, a retail outlet store. You have to, you know, get an eight inch main or something, you know, you, right. there's things that have to change and to make all that. And we have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, drainage pipes burst and it's constantly, where are you going to find the money? And we're growing Benton since I've been on the council, along with the other aldermen and the mayor, we have worked to make Benton, and it has really grown in the last eight years. We've gotten retail shops, some industry. We've uh, built the Riverside Park. You know, I was a part of the the campaign to build the Benton Event Center, and I worked hard to get it built. And now it was a tax that went to the voters to vote on, but I campaigned for it because I believed in it. I believed we could make it work, and I put my money where my mouth was. I was the very first thing that I put a business together to go in there. The gun show was the very first event that was held in that event center so that we could make it big, proud, get a big bang, everybody coming to see it. And uh, we've grown since then, been in the black. They, the Benton Chamber runs it, and they do a great job. And we, uh, you know, but there is a, uh AMP tax that helps pay for that. But we drive so much business and industry into Benton due to that. But I did, you know, I put my money. If I'm going to campaign for something and I know people were, we don't need a tax. Well, it was up to the voters to vote on, but I believed in the project because it was going to bring jobs and economic business to Benton. Did it did it, did it have a, a sunset on it that once it was paid off, that tax went away? Yeah, yeah once it's it's going to be done, yeah. Uh, and we're paying off, or they're paying chunks off of it early, you know. And there's not a lot of convention centers around the state that can say that, mm-hmm. you know. So they uh, the AP Commission has done an awesome job of uh, paying down the bill. And, uh, you know, and once that's paid, you can maybe look at the next project of something to help bring and make a Benton better. But the district includes... Uh, I-30 from Benton South, you go to, and it has Haskell, Silver Springs, Traskwood, Shaw, uh, Boxite, uh, part of Sardis, a little uh, part of Bryant, uh, but the majority is, you know, Benton, uh, I mean, north, south of the interstate. Right. And so it's a, it's a wide range. I grew up in Saline County, uh, graduated from Bryant. Uh, lived here, raised a family here. I've lived in other places too, been in the Marine Corps. No, wait a second. You, you, you graduated from Bryant and they let you on the city council of Benton. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. It is always fun around <laughs> softball time, but, uh, my I daughter, would think been high school football time would be interesting. Oh, it is. But see, uh, in my ward, ward one, uh, half of it goes to the Bryant school district oh, okay. and half of it goes to Benton in the ward that's Benton. What are you going to do at softball? Well, at the softball, my, when my daughter, she was the cheerleader, <laughs> I was, you know, there and I was in Bryant blue. I mean, she's oh, a cheerleader okay. for Bryant. I graduated, but I support Benton too. This last year I thought Benton needed to win. You know, I was supporting them. So <laughs> my daughter wasn't the cheerleader anymore. So, you know, it, you got to have a little fun with it. I don't, I don't, it, it's I grew up in the age where they dropped pink marshmallows on us when I was at Bryant. That was funny. The airplane <laughs> flew over and they dropped pink marshmallows all over the football field. Oh my! You know, it's always practical jokes back and forth. But I don't, I don't take it uh, personal. I just do what's. I, I work hard right now for what's. You know what I can do and develop in Benton. And uh, if I can bring Brian up too, that's awesome. You know, anybody else in Saline County. So uh, it's, you know, that's my home and that's what I want to. 
I want to work to keep it conservative and conservative values there in Saline County. I hope that answers this question. Yeah, about I think it does. I think I think it definitely does. And uh, I guess the next thing we'll go to when we after we come back is uh, well, let's talk about uh, Medicaid expansion. Yesterday it passed uh, in the Senate. It's got to pass through this House, but most people think that's a foregone conclusion. When we come back, let's talk about your thoughts on Medicaid expansion and do you like what, what it does? Do you, do you like the program? Do you think that it should continue? Do you think you'll, cause you'll be voting on it come next year again. I mean, yeah. that's just the way it works. All right. We'll be back in a moment. Let me remind you about Lewis family beef. I've been talking about them now for just about three months. And a lot of you have uh, contacted them and talked to them about, uh, you know, buying some of the best tasting beef you'll ever, ever put in your mouth. I can tell you the people that have gone out and sought out the Lewis family beef folks up in Greenbrier have been stunned once they get a steak or they get some hamburger or they get a roast and they, uh, they cook some of it up and uh, they take that first bite because it tastes just unbelievably better than what you buy at the big box store. Now, there's several reasons for that. I mean, out at Lewis Family Beef, they know all the cows. They know every cow because every cow on their ranch is born on their ranch, raised on their ranch, and uh, we're going to you know, go to the, the meat packer uh, from their ranch. Uh, sometimes cows get sick. Sometimes you have to use antibiotics. But it stops there for a sick cow. That cow never is offered to be uh, consumed uh, by any of their uh, customers. They won't put that cow up for sale uh, for consumption. And then hormones. They understand cows make hormones. They believe that's enough hormones for the cow. They don't fill them up with a bunch of other hormones. So it's clean beef. It's not, you know, any antibiotics. You're not going to have massive amounts of hormones in the cow. It is clean beef for your family. And you can get free delivery after you've bought a quarter, a half, or a whole cow uh, after the the meat packing house is taking care of it. And they're going to talk to you to find out how you want to do the the meat. Do you want to have a three-inch steak or an inch-and-a-half steak, things of that nature. And uh, they can once they got it all ready, the Lewis family beef folks will deliver it to you absolutely free call cody or sarah lewis of lewis family beef at 501-514-1494 that's 501-514-1494 or visit them on facebook facebook.com lewis family beef all right back with you here on the dave ellsworth show kerry murphy is here running for state uh, representative as a Republican for District 28, effective and experienced leadership. That's what his push card says on it. I, I would agree with that. And he also was, uh, was uh, no, I got to watch myself here. Being in the Air Force, uh, we don't say we're still Air Force people after we retire or get out. 
A Marine, on the other hand, is always a Marine. Semper right. Fi, really. It is. It's always that way. Always. So I almost made the mistake of saying when he was a Marine, he is still a Marine. All right? <laughs> I'm I a little that. bit heavier than I was when I was in combat way, but I mean, it, you know, you see people, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a brotherhood. I, I, it's I, a brotherhood. I, I support veterans uh, that run for office for the simple reason we need more people in office that have served in the military so they know what to and how to help military me, uh, members and vets i mean you become a state representative uh you know when the uh, the national guard comes to you all and needs some help or or is looking to make some changes you're the ones are going to be oh, voting yeah. on it. i'm all for fixing the va and anything we can do in the state to help veterans uh whether it's uh, homeless ptsd service animals i mean there's a lot of programs out there and um i have friends that call me all the time and that was one thing working for griffin is that i had access to you know i knew who they could call in the veterans department and if you know they couldn't get in to see their doctor or wasn't going and he was uh, he was one one of my friends was at the point of he was having a lot of painful issues and and migraines and things and he couldn't get the mr he couldn't get there and he was i, I you know i thought he was almost at his end is you know he, well, i felt like it and so i by su- calling suicide them suicide is a huge um, issue right now and uh i called and got a hold of them and at that time uh doug house was the veterans affairs good guy and um so you know he you know he's a legislator now and uh he handled it got him in there griffin made the phone call and they immediately got him in and then and that like two days later he had an mri and he was you know so it can be done you know uh it's there's always room for improvement yeah and uh anything that i can help you know to get the veterans to get the needs to to do that i'm obviously going to yeah, be so for. you bring you bring a knowledge uh, to that that someone who's not served does not have i mean they've not had to deal with it they probably won't ever although with obamacare they're getting they're getting military care now but I, i'm just saying they're you know they're learning what but we've known for a long, long time about governmental health care. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's getting better. I know some uh, doctors who get, went in there and they've, you know, part of the VA. I've got some friends that go, like I said, they're veterans and, and they go every time and they take care of them. Uh, they do a good job for them. And I've got some that just in a different department that is just not doing yeah. a good job. So well, it ta- takes time, but it ta- it's going to take people like you in office to help make those changes and you know how you know what needs to be done yeah, i got i got experience with it but that's why i was worried too when the people talk on the gun control issue about mental health you know i um i got buddies that have ptsd and yeah well that, and that under does that. yeah and i they're good for hunting and all that it relaxes they go fishing uh they're not gonna harm somebody else um and I don't want that to fall where you take their, you know, re- recreation away from them or something. I, anyway, there's a lot of uh, into that. I know that'll be at a federal level, but there's states that are trying to pass laws for that yep. now. And you've got to have people that are strong on the Second Amendment to protect our rights. And and you're not going to get anybody. There's a few in there. Linda Collins is pretty strong. But there, um, and uh, so I, you know, I want to know, you know, being the Marine Corps and a veteran, Having gun shows, I mean, uh, putting that on and uh, providing that for folks and giving one away every Sunday for somebody. I mean, you got to know that nobody's going to be stronger on Second Amendment than me. 
So, you know, it's going to be interesting. You get in there and some people start talking about gun show loopholes and you'll stand up and right, say, talk uh, to them, say what? <laughs> what loophole? I mean, 95% of the guys in there, if, if you're FFL dealer, you got to do a background check. And I've thought of some ideas that I think at the federal level, look, I think it would be good if, um, you know, a solution might be uh, if uh, you want to sell a gun to your neighbor and you say, well, I don't know, this guy just moved in. I don't really know his background, but I want to sell him a shotgun and he wants to buy mine. And you could say, hey, you just call an 800 number and you say, uh, yeah, I'm calling for uh, Joe Blow. Here's his driver's license number and he wants to buy something. Is he good to go? And they say yes or no. If they say no, you say, well, why not? And he said, well, we can't tell you that, sir. He can, he, here's the number he can appeal to, but you, he's not good for it. And they don't ask your name. They don't ask what kind of gun, nothing. They just tell you whether that guy can buy it or not. And then it's free and anybody can find out. And, you know, that will help. You know, if mental or something else, you know, is put in there, and um, but it'd be a free background check and no registration. Okay, so let's uh, let's get down to some things that we need to ask you about about the campaign. That is, uh, do you have a website that people can go to uh, if they want to make any kind of donation to your to your uh, your uh, running? Uh, you know, what uh, do they need to do? Well, the uh, website I, I have Facebook. Okay, and, and uh, that's the best way to get a hold, uh, put something on there, uh, and it has all a lot of information. And that's Carrie Murphy for state representative, and that's on Facebook, and that's K E R R Y M U R P H Y F O R state representative spelled out. So okay. Carrie Murphy for state representative, and then on the email you can get me at Carrie Murphy for state rep. And that's uh, spelled out. Except rep is just R E P at gmail dot com. So Carrie Murphy for state rep at gmail.com is the email and then my phone number is 501-580-3737 so you know mobile number email facebook uh you get a hold of me if you have a question i'll be happy to answer it um if you have some issue that you need help with i'll try to help you whether i get in office or not i always always try to help folks okay i'm down two minutes left you'll be a voice for small businessmen too Oh, yes, sir. Being a small business and, uh, you know, I'm looking for helping lower the income tax. If we, you know, every little bit is going to help. Uh, I know our state's at 6.9 and Texas, Tennessee, zero. I know that uh, Missouri and, uh, you know, at six, Mississippi at five, Oklahoma. If we can find ways to get down to five, that would be great and help, uh, you know, bring jobs in. I'm really pro job growth. If you get jobs in an in industry and people get a job, they get off the welfare, they get off the Medicare. They get, you know, you get them off of Arkansas works and, uh, and they make a living and, and they provide back and you just get them back into society. You get the homeless to get jobs. So jobs is a key, uh, to keep our state growing and, uh, and this helps with the general revenue too. So, uh, you know, being a small business owner, cutting, cutting, uh, some of the taxes and, uh, wasteful spending and the way you get it there, you gotta, government's gotta stop spending. You gotta, you got to quit growing government and and uh, cut back. All right, Kerry Murphy, he's running in District 28. Do you want more information? Check out his Facebook page or uh, send him an email. Kerry Murphy for state representative is his Facebook page. His phone number again, 
37. If you want to make a donation online, it's politicsraisethemoney.com. Carrie Murphy for state representative spelled out. So go raisethemoney.com. Carrie Murphy for state representative spelled out. All right, Carrie. Thank you very much. Coming up in the next hour, Ryan T. Anderson will join us. He's from the Heritage Foundation. He's written a new book. He wrote a book about marriage and how important marriage between a man and a woman were. He had a new book. I got to just tell you the title. You know what we're going to talk about. When Harry became Sally, we're going to talk about transgender and what's going on with that next on the Dave Ellswick show. All right. We're getting in touch with, uh, Ryan Anderson right now. He has written a new book called when Harry became Sally responding to the transgender uh, moment. Notice he doesn't call it movement. He calls it a moment. Uh, he's the William E. Simon, Senior Research Fellow at the Heritage Foundation, author of Truth Overruled. We had him on talking about that, the future of marriage and religious freedom. He also co-authored What is Marriage, Man and Women, a defense in debating religious liberty and discrimination. He's made appearances on ABC, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, Fox News, as in his work has uh, appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal. His research has been cited by two U.S. Supreme Court justices in two Supreme Court cases. Anderson received his bachelor's degree from Princeton and his doctoral degree from the University of North uh, Notre Dame. Uh, I think it's interesting he's picked up this subject, but it it's just a logical extension, uh, from his other books dealing with marriage, uh, that, uh, that Ryan Anderson would, uh, want to take on and, and talk about the transgender moment. And Ryan, thanks for joining us here on the Dave Ellswick show. Let me ask that, the question. It, you say responding to the transgender moment, not the transgender movement. Was there a reason for that? Sure. I mean, part of this is that we're living in a transgender moment uh, where radical claims about the human person and the human body are being made. Um, And part of this is to suggest that this is a moment that will pass. Uh, This isn't the future. This isn't um, uh, the right side of history. We will look back on this moment and say to ourselves, I can't believe we were doing these things to children. Mm -hmm. Um, But the only way that it will be a passing moment is if people like you and me and our listeners right now uh, do our part uh, in defending the truth, in bearing witness to the truth um, in a charitable way and in um, ways in which our neighbors can understand, uh, including our neighbors who don't share all of our beliefs, uh, how we can explain the truth about the human person and the human body um, to make this a moment and not a movement that will last forever. Yeah, I... I'm a huge uh, follower of Dr. Francis Schaefer. And Schaefer talked about all kinds of things that he believed would happen in our culture because as he as he always talked about the people who believed in, you know, matter uh and uh, only and choice and chance, uh pardon me, that the end of that result was things were just going to fall apart and we're seeing that happen in our society now, but, uh, 
it, it amazes me that it seems to me that the left in fall in, in believing in nothing falls for everything. I know that there's somebody who said that one time as a statement, but, uh, it's true. We're seeing it right before our eyes anymore. We have people now that deny biology. That, that amazes me. And unfortunately, it has uh, tragic consequences um, because there are human costs to getting human nature wrong, um, and especially when it comes to children. Uh, right now, uh, the, the experts on these issues, the gender therapists, uh, they say that children as young as two or three years old um, should be encouraged to socially transition. Uh, and what this means is that they should be given a new name, a new pronoun, a new wardrobe. Uh, then as that same child approaches age 10, they should be placed on puberty-blocking drugs uh, to prevent them from going through puberty in the wrong body. Uh, at age 15 or 16, boys can be given estrogen, girls can be given testosterone to hormonally transform their bodies. And then at age 18, um, surgic, surgery can take place on these teenagers' bodies. Um, this is entirely experimental. Um, this is, uh, uh, there are no studies on what the long-term consequences are. Uh, and most of these children, uh, as I point out in the book, the best science on this shows that 80 to 95% of these children who experience a gender identity conflict would naturally grow out of it. Um, so why would we now want to rush to promote such a radical and experimental treatment protocol uh, on young people. That's a great, a great question. I mean, you're, you're saying, you know, three-year-olds, you know, uh, uh, start calling them by a, a, a feminine pronoun instead of a, a masculine po- pronoun, I would uh, assume. How do they even know that the child really thinks that, they're not a boy, that they're a girl, or that they're not a girl, that they're a boy. And as you just said, there's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, psychological input on this, that it is really a problem for, uh, for youth. I mean, there, there was just a story here this, uh, last week, week and a half about the parents that had their, uh, their teenage daughter taken away from them because she felt she was a boy and they weren't letting her transition, uh, into being a boy. And they, you know, they had her, their kid taken away by the court. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're going to see more cases like that. We're going to see cases that involve parental authority and custody. When the government says one treatment protocol should be pursued transitioning and the parents want to pursue um, psychotherapy. We're going to see cases that involve religious liberty and the rights of conscience. But when the government says physicians have to perform transitioning therapies and the physicians themselves say this is bad medicine or this violates my beliefs. Um, and as you, your earlier question, uh, there is no test, uh, uh, no rigorous test uh, for a child to identify as transgender. It's merely the say-so of the child. Uh, the, the, the clinical uh, evaluation that if the child is persistent, insistent, and consistent, um, then the child should be allowed to uh, socially transition with the new name, the new pronoun, the new wardrobe. Child's puberty should be blocked. Uh, the child should be given testosterone or estrogen as a teenager to start the hormonal 
uh, uh, transitioning process. Um, nowhere else do we allow young people to make such radical decisions that will last forever about the future of their bodies. Yeah, this is, I mean, I, I consider this insanity. I, I look and I say that science who says that they can tell me 200 years from now that global warming is going to put our coastal cities uh, under the sea, uh, making those decisions are saying to us that they disassociate themselves uh, from uh, basic biology and they call me a flat earther. So I call them insane. Well, you know, in the, in the book, I quote a few of um, the, the, the left, uh, the left side of the spectrum, you know, they're leading scholars on these issues, people who teach at elite medical schools, saying that it's contrary to medical science to point to chromosomes, hormones, internal reproductive organs, <laughs> external genitalia, or secondary sex characteristics to override someone's gender identity. So all of the facts of biology are now considered counter to medical science according to the, uh, the gender experts. It's incredible. See, it just, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. That's just why I have so much problems talking about this issue because I don't see, I don't understand. Maybe you do. I don't understand how anyone with any sense of, uh, you know, common sense can take this seriously. Well, um, unfortunately, and, and, uh, this, this is something else that I spent a bit of time uh, discussing in the book, is that the left hasn't won on this issue by the uh, persuasive power of their arguments or the kind of the veracity of their point of view. Uh, they've won on this through power and through coercion, uh, through cultural power, having Hollywood and the news media and the universities all supporting uh, their perspective, and then having the government in the form of the Obama administration mandate any of these things. There was an Obamacare mandate on transgender medicine. There was that Dear Colleague letter that impacted schools and their bathrooms and their locker room mm-hmm. programs. And then they try to silence and shame anyone who will um, speak a, an alternative viewpoint on this. Uh, so that's really what inspired me to initially write the book, was someone needs to be um, responding to the bullies on these issues. And it's meant to equip ordinary Americans, uh, first, on how to understand what's going on, and then second, how to respond. Remember that subtitle, it's responding right. to the transgender moment. So tell me, I mean, again, I go back to Francis Schaeffer, who I think was one of the uh, the last gr- really great Christian uh, apologists and thinkers, uh, in the modern era, uh, you know, he said that the problem in our society now was that the judiciary had taken over the making of law. I mean, when you look at these cases that we've been just kind of hitting on, it's been the judges who have made the decision. It's not our representatives that are making these decisions. That in itself is troubling. Yeah, and you, and you, you know, one of the you, you could go back forty well, some years, and you see this with Roe v. Wade, uh, when mm-hmm. judges overturned our abortion laws, and then you can go back three years to Obergefell v. Hodges, where judges overturned our marriage laws, um, and now the hope from the left is that they will overturn 
our laws about what it means to be a man and a woman. The activists on the left, as soon as they redefined marriage, they pivoted from the LGB part of the acronym to the T part of the acronym mm-hmm. to redefine sex and redefine gender. Why? Um, and, why? and that's where the battle is going to be taking place for the for the near future. Ryan, why is that? Why did they? Why did they? I mean, that wasn't a slow pivot. That was a very quick pivot. Well, I think partly because they won on marriage much more quickly than even they were expecting. Um, if, if, you, if you think back in 2008, so just a decade ago, the citizens of California voted to define marriage as the union of a man and a woman. So a decade ago, the majority of Californians supported real marriage. Uh, and I don't think many of the activists thought that just uh, seven years later, uh, in 2015, the Supreme Court would be redefining marriage for the whole country. Um, and so then they pivoted from uh, where they had been spending 20 or 30 years of energy, the marriage uh, debate, to gender identity. And that's why most Americans haven't even had time to think about these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is why, you know, the, the book, When Harry Became Sally, it's really meant to help ordinary people um, uh, think about what's going on in our culture and what role they can play uh, in making the future better. Our guest is Ryan Anderson. He's with us for the rest of this half hour. The name of his new book, When Harry Became Sally, Responding to the Transgender Moment. We'll be back to uh, finish up our conversation with him. It's a I'm just telling you, there's a lot of you thinking of this the same way you first thought about uh, same-sex marriage. You laughed at it and thought that nothing would come of it. And now we have same-sex marriage. I'm just telling you, you've got to pay attention that what is being pushed with, especially which in within our court systems and the way that the uh, rulings are going, and they're not going the way of uh, traditional people and what they think of what constitutes a male and what constitutes a female. We'll be back and we'll talk further uh, with Ryan here as we return on the Dave Ellswick show, 96.5 FM, the answer. Our uh, guest, Ryan Anderson, when Harry became Sally responding to the transgender moment. And you spend quite a bit of time in this book talking about a strategy for pushing back with principle and prudence, compassion and grace uh, against this whole thought process that's that's uh, kind of getting uh, really uh, the snowball going down the hill, so to speak, in the court systems. I mean, we've got people that are in uh, high colleges of learning, medical colleges, that are saying if people are putting their children on hormone ther- uh, therapies to move from being a male to a female or female to a male, that that's tantamount to uh, child abuse. But it's as if the mainstream media and others just totally disregard that part of the story. Exactly right, which is why uh, the starting point here is for ordinary people um, to uh, not lose their voice. Uh, We need to be certain that ordinary people uh, can speak the truth about these issues without being intimidated, without being silenced, without being uh, bullied, because the mainstream media is going to try to do that. Um, And some of the activists uh, are going to try to do that. Uh, And some of the politicians are going to try to do that, uh, especially on the left side of the spectrum. 
what we need to do is make sure that everyone knows uh, what the alternative looks like. Um, so in Chapter 6 of the book, I go through uh, case study after case study from the clinical literature of how uh, therapists have been able to help children feel comfortable in their own bodies rather than transforming a child's body to try to remake it in accordance with their thoughts and their feelings. Much better uh, for the therapist to try to line up someone's thoughts and feelings with reality, including the reality of their body. Uh, And so it's important that people know about these uh, um, case studies, about these um, alternatives to puberty-blocking drugs, to cross-sex hormones, and to surgery. So if, if you're out there and you got kids that are in school, what do you suggest to the parents, Ryan? And I'll, I'll, I'll end our interview here. Uh, you know, the, the government under the Obama administration sent a letter out to, uh, schools and said that if, uh, if a male, uh, identified as a female or a female identified as a male, that they should be allowed to take, uh, you know, gym with the, uh, the gender they identified with. And that meant they could shower with the gender gender that they identified with. And, and we know that whole story as, you know, parents rose up in mass to say, stop, but how do you stop something that the courts and the department of education were seriously behind and were punishing schools about? Uh, so stop having an engaged citizen. Um, elections have consequences. The Trump administration rescinded that Obama That's policy. That's correct. Um, so right there, you can see engaged citizenship, uh, elections having consequences. The Obama administration went one way. The Trump administration went a different way. What took place at the federal level will also take place at the state level and at the local level. Uh, and so each and every one of us needs to be vigilant about what's going on at our local school system. You know, what's the local principal, the superintendent, the mayor, the governor? What are they doing on these issues? Um, Because we're going to see these uh, discussions take place, not just with the Department of Education, the Supreme Court, uh, the the, the presidential administration, but in the state house uh, and in city hall. Uh, And so one starting point is knowing what is your current local school doing? What are they teaching uh, grade school children? What are they teaching high school children? What is their policy when it comes to bathrooms and locker rooms, and be engaged uh, and demand that they not treat biology as bigotry, because biology isn't bigotry. Uh, make sure that they don't get human nature wrong, because there are human costs to getting human nature wrong. Um, that's the role that we have to play uh, in, uh, in being kind of faithful citizens. Well, I got to tell you what, Ryan, I have not read this cover to cover, but I'm going to spend my time to do that. It's a great, uh, the pieces that I've read are very, very good. Uh, Ryan Anderson is the name of the author of when Harry became Sally responding to the transgender moment. Do not blow this off as some kind of, oh, it's just going to pass. It's not going to just pass. You're going to have to stand and you're going to have to fight, but in a principled and a human type way. Keep that in mind. Anger does nothing, uh, but you have to go to the meetings. You've got to, to get the information and you got to fight against it. If it's, you know, goes against your religious beliefs. Uh, I thank you, Ryan, for being part of the Dave Ellswick show today. Again, for everybody, 
the name of the book, pick it up, read it, When Harry Became Sally. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Thank you. We'll, we'll talk to you in the future, I'm sure, about more of this. Uh, don't forget about uh, Lewis Family Beef, family-owned ranch up in Greenbrier. They raise cattle there. Uh, all their cattle are born and raised on their ranch. They don't use antibiotics uh, that they uh, on the cows that they sell for uh, consumption. Uh, they do not inject more home hormones into their cattle. Of course, cattle have their own hormones, but you don't have to overload them with those hormones so that you'll get clean beef for your family and you'll get free delivery of that meat anywhere here in central Arkansas. You can buy yourself a quarter, a half, or a whole cow. The packing house gives you a call to set up how you want the beef cut up. And then the Lewis family, after that's been done, will deliver it to your home absolutely free. What you need to do right now is to call Lewis Family Beef and uh, to talk to them about price and talk to them about how soon you can get this done. That's Cody or Sarah Lewis at 501-514-1494 or on Facebook at facebook.com, Lewis Family Beef. Fox News is next. When we come back, it's going to be uh, the Attorney General and what they're going to do about California and sanctuary cities. Back with you today, Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, was in California. He threw down the gauntlet on uh, sanctuary cities, and here's what he said. I am fully aware that 85% of all our state and uh, all our law officers are state and federal. And I'm well aware that the increased training, professionalism, leadership, and more effective law enforcement policies of our departments nationwide, your departments, uh, over several decades has been a critical factor in reversing the dramatic rise in crime that we saw in the 60s and 70s. And I started out as a young prosecutor in the, in the late 70s. Then over a 22-year period, we saw homicide rates cut by half, we saw drug use fall basically by half, and violent crime fall dramatically throughout this country. It was an achievement few people ever expected could happen in those days when we were there, and it was increasing every year. Much of the transformative leadership for this, this change arose from your former governor, Ronald, President Ronald Reagan, and aided by his fabulous Counselor and later Attorney General of the United States, Ed Meese. Thank you for both of them. They've made America a better and safer place, no doubt. Ed Meese continues to be active in Washington. He is an intellectual force when it comes to crime, and I value his judgment and friendship highly. So, in recent years, I don't know. Maybe we got complacent, took our eye off the ball, but recent trends in crime are worrisome. In 2014 and 15, violent crime stopped falling and jumped 7% nationwide. Homicides surged 20% in those two years, the largest increase since 1968. Drug availability rose, drug purity rose, drug prices fell. These are not good trends. And along with the new killer drug fentanyl, Overdose deaths reached levels we have never seen before, 66,000 last year, the largest in, uh, cause of death for Americans age 50 and below is overdose drug deaths. This is when his first day in office, President Trump sent me three 
executive orders. He knows how to send orders, and uh, we intend to follow. One, back the men and women in blue. Let's make sure that the people, law officers throughout this country, know we support you, we value what you do, and we're behind you. Reduce crime in America. That's a pretty simple directive. Reduce crime in America. Not preside over ever-increasing in, uh, increases and to dismantle transnational criminal gangs and organizations. So we embrace those goals at the Department of Justice, and we hope that you do too, and we know you do. So let me be explicit. Our express goal is to reduce the violent crime rate, reduce it, to reduce the homicide rate, to reduce the amount of opioids being prescribed in this country. We still prescribe too many. I think we all agree and to reduce overdose deaths. These are just some of the goals that we have. So together, let's get them. Let's solve and achieve these goals. It's not a job that we do so much as a service. It's a uh, high calling, I think. And a lawful immigration system that serves the national interest helps us to achieve these goals and more benefits for America. And that's what... I have to talk about today. We are a strong, prosperous, and orderly nation. California is a great state, so important to America. And such a nation, such a country as ours, must have a lawful system of immigration. I'm not aware of any advanced nation who disagrees with that concept. And let no one contend that we reject immigration and want to wall off America from all immigrants. President Trump and the American people know what's happening. We admit 1.1 million immigrants lawfully to permanent resident status in the United States with a clear path to citizenship, green card status, every year. No nation comes close to that. It's the highest numbers in the world. Indeed, at this unprecedented rate, we will soon have the largest percentage of non-native born in our nation's history and the percentage uh, is continuing to rise every year thereafter. Thus, the good and decent people of this country are right to insist that this country and its officials uh, should end the illegality, create a rational immigration flow, protect the nation from criminal aliens, and preserve the national interest. It cannot be that someone who illegally crosses the border and two days later arrives in Sacramento, Dubuque, Louisville, Central, Islip, New York, is home free, never to be removed. How can that be? It cannot be the policy of a great nation to up and reward those who unlawfully enter its country with legal status, social security, welfare, food stamps, work permits, and so forth. How can this be a sound policy? Meanwhile, those who engage in the process lawfully and patiently and wait their turn are discriminated against, it seems, at every turn. Most Americans get this. They're working hard to make ends meet, follow the rules. They teach their children to follow the rules. They believe in the rule of law. And they want to keep their loved ones safe. They, our citizens, want our government to think about them for a change, to think about their interest for a change. They have dreams, too. Frankly, the common sense concept, uh, this concept was a big part of President Trump's election. 
And elections have consequences. I think the American people spoke about this subject. Immigration law is the province of the federal government. It's in the Constitution. This administration and this Justice Department are determined to make it work effectively for all our people. I understand that we have a wide variety of political opinions out there on immigration, but the law is in the books, and its purposes are clear and just. There is no nullification. There is no secession. Federal law is the supreme law of the land. I would invite any doubters to go to Gettysburg or to the tombstones of John C. Calhoun and Abraham Lincoln. This matter has been settled. A refusal to apprehend and deport those, especially the criminal element, effectively rejects all immigration law. It's a rejection of law. And it creates an open borders system. It's the only way it can be described. And open borders is a radical, irrational idea that cannot be accepted. The American people will not accept it. And the United States of America is not some idea. It's a secular nation state with a constitution, with laws, with borders, all of which are designed to protect our nation's interest, and we should be able to agree certainly on this. So to carry out the intent of our laws, we need law officers. That's what you and your uh, departments do every day. We need our immigration and customs officers, our ICE officers, our Border Patrol officers. They are your brothers and sisters. President Trump, the Congress, and the American people want to accomplish these goals. Uh, our laws have set out for them. That's why we pay them. That's why they get a salary. But California, we have a problem. A series of actions and events has occurred here that directly and adversely impact the work of our federal officers. For example, the mayor of Oakland has, actively, uh, has been actively seeking to help illegal aliens avoid apprehension by ICE. Her actions support those who flout the law and boldly validates illegality. There's no other way to interpret those remarks. Hey, don't forget that claiming uh, Social Security benefits is complicated and confusing, and you can get clarification on what you need to do from uh, David Lucas in one of his educational Social Security uh, seminars or workshops this year. He's got two coming up uh, later on this month on the uh, 29th and 30th. It's $18 to get in. It includes a 34-page maximizing social security workbook and all you have to do is call 501-653-6690 that's 501-653-6690 or go online to visit david uh, com and get signed up get signed up now because i'm telling you wait too long you'll lose the seat and you'll be out in the code all right let's get back here the rest of what uh, the Attorney General had to say to California today. Take matters worth, the elected lieutenant governor of, of the state praised her for doing so, bragging about and encouraging the obstruction of our law enforcement. Uh, and uh, the law is, uh, I'm afraid this is an embarrassment to the proud state of California. Tom Holman, the director of ICE, has said recently, quote, 
being a law enforcement officer is already dangerous enough. But to give the criminals a heads up that we're coming in the next 24 hours increases that risk. I watched the mayor's statement when she said her priority is the safety of the community, but what she did had the exact opposite effect, close quote. And I think that's a fair criticism and statement. According to Acting Director Holman, ICE failed to make 800 arrests that would have been made if the mayor had not made her statement. Those are 800 wanted criminals that are now at large in that community, 800 wanted criminals that ICE will now have to pursue by other means uh, with more difficulty in dangerous situations, all because of one irresponsible action. So here's my message to Mayor Schaff. How dare you? How dare you needlessly endanger the lives of our law enforcement officers to promote a radical open borders agenda? But in California, we have bigger problems also, more than just one mayor. For example, in January, Ventura County declined a request from ICE to hold an alien Ventura had arrested and put in their custody for continuous sexual abuse of a child. Instead of being removed from the country, he was released back into the community, and now federal law enforcement officers will try to find him and arrest him wherever he may be. In recent years, the California legislature has enacted a number of laws designed to intentionally obstruct the work of our sworn immigration officers, to intentionally use every power the legislature has to undermine the duly established immigration law of America. California law now won't let employers voluntarily allow ICE agents on their property. Won't even let them come on their property when the company voluntarily allows them to. And, and, and California requires employers to give notice to the employees before ICE comes to inspect their workplace. When this law was before the General Assembly, a judicial committee report explicitly stated that its goal was to frustrate, quote, an expected increase in federal uh, immigration enforcement actions, which, of course, it was. It was designed to frustrate the work that we're required to do under the laws of this country. ICE agents are federal law enforcement officers carrying out federal law. California cannot forbid them or obstruct them in doing their jobs. Just imagine if, if a state passed a law forbidding employers for cooperating with OSHA uh, in ensuring workplace safety or the Environmental Protection Agency for looking after polluters. Would you pass a law to do that? And just think about the situation it puts California employers in. They want to help law enforcement. They want to do their civic duty. We ought to be encouraging them and thankful to them. But your state attorney general has repeatedly promised to prosecute these business owners. Let me quote what he said more than once. Ignorance of the law is no excuse if you violate it. Quote, you are subjecting yourselves to up to $10,000 in fines for violations. So this is a great state. I don't want to be in this position of, of having to challenge these laws. It wasn't something I chose to do. 
But I can't sit by idly uh, while the lawful authority of federal officers are being blocked by a uh, 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 legislative acts and politicians. California has also claimed authority to inspect facilities where ICE holds people in custody. Already this year, California has specifically and in a discriminatory manner targeted six facilities and demanded documents and other materials from the Department of Homeland Security. California won't let law enforcement officers like you and your people to transfer prisoners to ICE custody or even to communicate with ICE that you're about to release them from your custody. People that ICE is looking for. Remember that California found these people dangerous enough to detain them in the first place, but then insist on releasing them back into the community instead of allowing federal officers to remove them safely. And rather than allow ICE officers to do their jobs with the transfers at the jailhouse, they force our officers to conduct more dangerous arrests elsewhere where violent criminals may reside and where children can be caught in a crossfire. That's just not unconstitutional. It's a plain violation of federal statute and a violation of common sense, a violation of good partnership that we need to build between state and federal officers. Importantly, the laws are harmful to Californians and they're especially harmful to our law enforcement, your law enforcement. So that's why the department filed a suit against the state of California to invalidate these unjust laws and to immediately freeze their effect. Federal agents must be able to, to do the job that Congress directed them to do. Contrary to what you might hear from open borders radicals, we are not asking California, Oakland, or anyone else to actually effectively enforce immigration laws, although we would welcome the positive assistance the majority of jurisdictions in America provide to our federal offices. We would certainly like that. But ICE agents do incredible work every day. They're not backing down. They're not going to be deterred. And we're not going to stop enforcing the law in, in Alabama or California either, for that matter. We're simply asking the state and other sanctuary jurisdictions to stop actively obstructing federal law enforcement. Stop treating immigration agents differently from everybody else for the purpose of eviscerating border and immigration laws and advancing an open borders philosophy shared by only a few, the most radical extremists. Stop protecting lawbreakers and giving all officers more dangerous work to do that, so that politicians can score political points on the backs of officer safety. I can't accept that. You are professionals. You know the risk that we're talking about. You know the reality of what happens on the street and how your officers operate and how our federal officers operate. Think about the scene of an officer knocking on a door to execute a warrant. They don't know what's on the other side of that door. It's not fair to them to be putting them in a situation like that by releasing criminal aliens into the community who shouldn't even be in the country. I signed condolence letters for law enforcement 
officers killed in the line of duty. I signed two yesterday. I fundamentally believe at my core that we should not further endanger the lives of those who risk everything for us because some officials want to violate the law in promoting an agenda that the American people reject. So California absolutely, it appears to me, is using every power it has, powers it doesn't have, to frustrate federal law enforcement. So you can be sure I'm going to use every power I have to stop that. We are going to fight these irrational, unfair, unconstitutional policies that have been, been imposed on you and your officers, on our federal officers. We are fighting to make your job safe. We are fighting uh, to help you reduce crime in America, not increase it by keeping criminals here that ought to be deported. We are fighting uh, for a lawful system of immigration, one that we can be proud of, one that's consistently applied, fairly applied, and we intend to win this fight. So I'd like to close by reiterating my deep appreciation and profound thanks to all the women and men of law enforcement, federal, state, local, tribal, the work that you do, that you have dedicated your lives to, is essential. It's essential for any advanced nation. I believe it. The Department of Justice believes it. President Trump believes it. And you can be sure about this. We have your back. You have our thanks. Thank you all, and God bless. All right. That was the Attorney General Jeff Sessions today speaking out in California. Let the lawsuits begin. It's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out. And, you know, we've all been complaining about all that rain we had over the last week and a half. I mean, like 18 inches of rain and stuff. Aren't you glad you're not in New York City or some of those areas where they're getting 18 feet of snow? I'll take the rain any day. All right. We've got uh, the car guys coming up here in the next hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. Be back in a moment. Four o'clock hour and in the studio, Duck's here. Gary Henry's here. Joe is not here. Had a medical, uh, a medical. Susie. Yeah, Susie and his wife had a medical uh, test Procedure. that she had to go through. And so Joe is with her. Uh, he'll be with us on Saturday and uh, then he'll be back next Wednesday. Are you going to take next Wednesday off? No. Okay, good. <laughs> How does it feel to have to come in on a Wednesday, uh, Gary? Evidently, you forgot about it. People start looking at you and saying, well, aren't you going or are you, know, are you, well, are you going? Well, you just get busy, and it's something I don't do very often. So it's like, hey. You, and you I got, kind of sprung it on yeah, at the last minute. at the last minute. So I was like, well, I guess I better go. Yeah. Yeah. He's, so, Duck was expecting you. It gets me away from the place for a little bit. So it probably it's helps right. you. Yeah. Not bad. It's, yeah. hel it's helping ducks because he's been working on a truck that had a lightning strike. Yeah, it's kind of pain. <laughs> but it's kind of a pain. Yeah. yeah explain what just... you explain what you have to do because nothing's working on it probably when you get it right. Yeah, you turn the key on and that's when they light up. Okay, so where do you start with something like that? Body control module. That's where I started, and then what do you got, do? Try to resplash it or something? No, no, you just have to replace it. Oh, you put a new one in. Yeah, and uh, it's it's bolted on the back of the fuse panel, and when it burnt the body control module up, it burnt the fuse panel up. So I bought a body control module, put on it, 
All right, it lit up, talked to me. Then it told me the DEF pump in the tank's bad, burn up, replaced it, got it working. Then it says uh, the turbo won't build no boost, get to checking, and it burnt the module up on it, so replaced it. Finally got all that working. Then you go start trying to program the keys. Well, you got to have two keys identically alike that's from Ford. So I made three trips to Ford today before I got another key that would work. And finally got that programmed, and down the seatbelts won't work because they're burned up. So let's talk about the keys just for a moment. This is the reason why you get your key that you use when you drive the car or the truck or whatever, and you get another one. Put it in an envelope and put it somewhere you know where it's at, like you know, you're safe or whatever. But another thing, too, on that, Dave, is I tell people, look, you got one key you use all the time. Sometimes when the end of year, take that key and put it away and use your new key. So they wear out the same well, rate, right? People hang too much stuff, don't they, Gary? Yes. On the keys and they go down the road swinging back and forth. Guess what it's doing to the ignition switch and the tumbler? Sitting there steady wearing a key out. That was one reason I had so much problem with a key. I had a key that had a bunch of wear on it. Ford couldn't give them a key code to make the, the electronic company one, so they kept trying to cut one off my wore out key. And that, you know, makes it just miserable because. Like I say, I made three trips to Ford before I finally got one that turned it on. Get a, yeah, you get a brand new wore out key. Yeah. What you have. I fixed several GM vehicles like that over the years. People yeah. come in, key won't turn in the lock cylinder, and they're like, well, I just had a new key made as well, so I know it can't be the key. Yeah. And you go to looking at it, and it's like, well, you know, it looks like you got a <laughs> bad key here, even though it's new. So you yeah. have one cut off the VIN number, boom, fixes problem, works like new money. Well, that's what uh jeff over at i mean uh steve over at landers ford told me he said he said give me the van i'll cut you one off the van well ford for some reason or another could produce him a code to cut the key somehow or another it didn't get put in the computer when the truck was bought oh no so you know <laughs> but i tell you what i did dave <laughs> i got another truck pretty close it's same year model but this is the f f550 I got F-350, and I'm looking at that key, and I'm thinking, hmm. I walk out there and stick it in the ignition, and it turn, turns the truck on. It's a new key from the other customer that brought me. So I wag that key down forward, and I said, Steve, cut me this key. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at me. He said, this key don't go with that truck. It's got somebody else's name tag on it. Right, I said, right. I know. Just cut me a key. He said, well, if it don't work, I'll stand good for it. Cut me a key. Went back there and stuck it in the truck, you know, turned the key on and programmed it. But that's the problem. Without two Ford keys that's identically matched on a Ford, you cannot program them. All right. Why don't you explain to our listeners about programmable keys? Uh, all your new vehicles from about 99. Thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. somewhere along in there. They put chips in the key, and they put a halo around the initials, which is called a halo. And when you put that key in that halo circle, it reads it, says, okay, hey, I got the right key, I got the right program, turn me on, let me start. But without the right key, Gary, how many times have you ever had somebody bring you a truck and drop it off and they go out there and get in and won't start? That's happened several times. Yeah. You know? They give you their, their spare key, their door key, because you can buy a door key for 4 or $5 at Walmart, but it won't, 
it go in the ignition and turn it over but it won't start it no i've had that many times hey man did you Unlock leave me the, the wrong key did i get oh yeah i didn't leave you the wrong key i'll be back in a few minutes <laughs> okay and you know you're standing I mean, out there this scratching is the stuff your head. that you guys put you have to put up with now Something, because you see, of new you know, technology not on a day-to-day basis but you'll see it three or four or five times a year yeah, yeah. it happened and it's all just to keep people from stealing your car i had a lady had a excursion it was a oh eight or nine it was last year they made them she kept telling me she'd bring it down there to me and it'd have a code in it for the key and i called her and asked her i said i said miss matthews is this the key you use every day yeah 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 that's the key is used every day well we programmed the key and it wouldn't program so i called her and i said are you sure and her husband looked at me he said honey you give him the key out of the gas cap didn't you <laughs> she said i don't know so i go back and look in the gas cap i know where he hides it it's got a little metal and the key's going out of it right so by the hour he shows up with her with her key come to find out her key had lost the program it started running down the corner and it died she'd sit there and mess with it mess with it and finally get it started and then i went and got her a new key and put in it and programmed it and took care of a problem repairs like that drive you crazy do they not we had chased it three times in a row dave she'd bought it three times in a row to me but two times her husband had given me his key his key went bad okay you pull it up and look at the codes in it and it says it's you know a key problem well you look at the key we programmed his key well it programmed right up then when she brought it the third time she left me the the door key well, they wouldn't program at all because it didn't have no no chip in it. And then she finally brought me her key, and I figured out her key was bad. Got her key made and programmed both of them, and then it, they worked fine. But it, it's just uh, electronic stuff sometimes that just make you want to pull your hair out, holler and scream. Yeah, like Russell's doing right now, dealing with the mm, truck that was pretty struck, close struck by lightning. Yeah, now we're down now to got everything pretty well we thought done and get to looking in the in the clearance lights when you turn the headlights off clearance lights stay on all the time okay it burnt the multifunction switch up where it's got I mean, the headlights and everything on it now th- this is important for everybody to understand is that uh, gary you got all these modules throughout your car and you take a lightning strike like that <coughs> you're going to burn up a lot of them and if you burn up a lot of them, you got to identify the ones that have burned up, correct? Sure. Till you, you do, I mean, the whole vehicle's tied together. And so, and you're not going to be fortunate enough to hook your scan tool up to it and see, well, it burn out this, this, and this. You kind of got to do just what Don's saying. You go got to get pired everything and then go from there. So, big time consuming you just, project. You move from, you get one thing fixed and you think, okay. I think I got it. And you get in to go do something else and something else. Just like they went got in to move it this morning to go drive it, seatbelt won't come up out of the holder. It burnt the seatbelts up. And that's that's common with them. So, you know, that's that's fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars to replace all four seatbelts. Wow. Yeah. Because you gotta a, buy them in a, in assembly, you know, in a in a in a group. So, you know, it's fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars to put seatbelts in. And the worst part of that is two weeks to get them. They told me it's got a gray interior, and the guy told me he said I got black ones in stock. <laughs> and this is a this is basically a work truck, a one ton work truck. Right. I called the customer and I said, "Hey, we can either wait two weeks, or we can put black ones in." And he said, "I don't care what color they are. 
I need my truck. Yeah. So guess what's in them? Black. <laughs> Got gray seat for black seat bus. Looks good though. Yeah, that, <laughs> a little contrast. Right. I mean, a little contrast. Break the color wear, up a little you're bit. Wearing them. So what's yeah. the big the but, big hassle with that? You know, and then you, I, we get all that took care of, and then you you turn the headlights on, turn them off, and the tail lights and the clearance lights stay on all the time. That's why you can do it is you have to unhook the battery cable, and it kills whatever it is. Got checking, and it's got a bad multifunction switch in it. And the bottom line is, you don't want to have to unhook your battery every yeah. time you drive your car around. Absolutely. But it's just, you know, and like I told the customer, when I get it running, don't be surprised in a month that the ECM don't go down, the transmission module don't go down. I mean, don't be surprised because. A lot of that would be weakened <coughs> because of a strike yep. like that. Yep. And I, I seen one one time, Dave, come in, a guy in an 18-wheeler, he had one of them big fiberglass whip hanging on the mirror. Yeah. And I seen it melt the bracket off on the mirror when he was hiding down the interstate and it did it wow and they totaled that truck that truck was right at seventy thousand dollars to fix it so they totaled it so they didn't want to total this one no they told me to fix it and they're you're over six thousand dollars in repairs oh no i'm probably that's six thousand dollars just worth of parts oh okay that don't include no labor and time and you know but yeah it is what it is okay so they made a bad decision. That's, well, like me, the same way it happened with that uh, that hard top that I had, uh, <coughs> the G six that I had, and they wouldn't, uh, they would not uh, say that it was totaled, and they had that car for four weeks trying to get it fixed. Well, just the cost of these automobiles is so high. Yeah, I mean they're willing to go out there. I mean, like I told him, writing a check for fifteen or eighteen thousand or sixty five thousand what yeah. are you what are they going to yeah. do gotcha gotcha and, you know and another thing too dave i got this from another shop <laughs> somebody had already started huh yeah he, said, i don't want to do this he checked it and called the owner and he said no you need to take this to duck okay well they know you know your stuff so and, and but he'd had it three weeks wow all right Bottom line is this, don't let your car get struck by lightning. <laughs> anyway, so Dave Ellswick Show, we've got uh, Duck, and we've got Gary in here today. Joe will be back next week, 823-0965. Got a question? 823-0965. That's the number to call uh, to get in to talk to these guys about any problems you've got with your own automobile or some other member of the family, uh, you know, friend, relative, whomever it might be. Eight two three zero nine six five. Don't forget about Aero Plumbing. Aero Plumbing is who I use when I have a plumbing problem. Earl, the owner of uh, of uh, Aero Plumbing, Earl Donaldson, is the man. He runs his business the right way. He starts off with service to you. Uh, he comes out, uh, or his workers come out, master plumbers, determine what the problem is, uh, talk to you about what the problem is, Tell you what a real quick fix would cost you. Tells you what a long care fix will cost you. And you make up your mind how you want to go. One will be cheaper than the other. I usually go with the long care fix because I don't want to have them back out in another, you know, 12 months taking care of the same problem again. Uh, If it's a problem that's underground, doesn't mean they have to, you know, hack through your uh, slab or dig up your 
uh, driveway or your parking lot or anything like that. They've got technology that goes under the ground and they can fix a lot of the leaks just like that without destroying uh, your, uh, you know, your property. So just give them a call. They'll take good care of you. That's aeroplumbing.net or just Google aeroplumbing. All right, 823-0965. Number to call. Talk to uh, Gary and Duck about any kind of car problem that you have been experiencing. Now that we're moving out of wintertime, guys, and moving into springtime, as I was looking into um, uh, my uh, app for weather, and it looks like we're going to be into the 70s next week. Sure will be nice. And daylight saving time next week. It's Sunday. This weekend. It is Sunday. So you got to remember to uh, jump up an hour, which I'm all about. I like getting that extra that extra I like going home in the of, daylight. Yes, yes, you're right. Exactly. I can go to work in the dark, but I like going home in the daylight. Yes, I do too, and uh, and have to put on my sunglasses. I like yeah. that, and I appreciate it when they do that. So, Dave, when you went home yesterday, did you have a truck sitting in the middle of, of the death wall up there? No, I did not. I was I I must have got past it before it happened. Yeah, one of my customers he run over something in the road, and it kind of jabbed a small hole in the radiator. Which way was he going, north or south? Coming this way. Oh, he was coming south. Okay, so I wouldn't have seen him. So before. you know what he ran over? What he ran over? A claw hammer. Truck in front of him kicked it up. Oh, And it man. landed right dead center of the radiator. Went through the grill. Wow. <laughs> How lucky is that, Gary? That's... Yeah, he's lucky he didn't go through his windshield. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why I told him. He called me. It was about it's about 620, that's about the time I'm going through that area. He said, um, what am I going to do? I said, where are you at? He told me, he said, I said, crank it up and drive it to the end. Just, you know, if it starts getting hot, cut it off. He called me about eh, seven, eight minutes later, and he said, I've got to the end of it. I've got, I'm off on the shoulder road. I sent a record to get him. He called, He said, do I need to get out and pull the hammer out? I said, no. Leave the hammer in it. It blocks holes. Yeah, keep, a, keep all that water but in he, there. But, I mean, you can see where the claws just. Wow. You know, he he called me. And he he sent me a picture of it, and uh, I said, "What'd you do? Get mad at truck and hit it with a claw?" <laughs> he said, "No truck. It, he he don't know if it bounced off the truck in front of him or if the truck in front of him kicked it up off the ground. You know, you never know. But it sure made a mess of the radiator. Well, I was at Joe's a few weeks ago, and they had to pull my left rear tire off, <coughs> and they were looking to see what was in it because I was losing air." And they started looking at it, and it wasn't in the sidewall. That's so I good. knew I knew I could get it fixed, right? And uh, they came up, and uh, they had two of those uh, tin screws <laughs> and that I had picked up both somewhere. Yep, uh, I'm sure it was down that corridor. Yep, and they got ready to put it back on, and something caught the guy's eye, and it was an, there was three of them. For a minute. Yeah. Well, that's like uh, one of my customers called me the other day, and he said, hey, I need to bring my truck in. I said, Mr. Jerry, what's the matter with it? He said, it's uh, got a little vibration in it. And I said, have you hit something? He said, well, I hit a pretty good-sized hole in the road the other day. Oh, man. I said, well, you either bent a wheel or knocked something out. or The potholes are terrible this year. Man, they're my street, which is a fairly new paved road, and it's coming all to pieces. I mean, I understand when there's ice involved, when the you know it's freezing and, and then thawing and freezing. But just because you had 
an but, inordinate amount of, of rain but just my, falling apart. My buddy worked for the county. He was telling me that what happened was the ground froze so hard, you know, when we had them four and five degree days, yeah. that the ground swelled so bad and it cracked it. And then water got uh, under it. Got underneath it and pushed it out. And pushed it up. He said, that's why you're seeing all the all the asphalt roads coming all to pieces. Wow. They got roads out at Perrin that they just now getting opened back up from all that. From the, And it, it was gravel roads where it washed. He said it washed coverage completely out there, gone. Yeah, well, it rained. I mean, up in Cabot, I think the most rain we'd ever had in uh, August. August. Um, <laughs> February. In February. Pardon me in february had been a little over 11 inches that was back in 1959 i think they said we got 16 or something other, well, didn't they? in cabot 17.6 inches i knew it was a bunch in february and i know tracy woke me up a week ago tomorrow at 4 30 in the morning she said you need to get up we got a water leak in the house i'm thinking water line you know yeah 4 30 in the morning she's i'm still asleep coming in from backyard or something no it was running in through my ceiling. Uh oh, and it, and it would no. P, you call PI roofing? It would no leak. Uh oh, it was a pour. Yeah, and she was hollering and screaming. What are you going? I went out shop. I got a about a four foot long Phillips screwdriver. Uh-huh. I went out shop. I poked me some holes in the sheetrock. She went to hollering and screaming. I said, "Do you want the ceiling to fall in, or you want me to let the water out?" So we let the water out. All right, we'll talk about more of this when we come back. Gary Henry's here, as well as Duck. They'll have uh, they'll be here for another half hour. Answer any questions you have. Eight two three zero nine six five eight two three zero nine six five. Your car questions here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. A little bit cooler today. It's only fifty three degrees. It was about sixty four degrees yesterday. Time for Fox News. Let's get to it. We're back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Gary Hendry's here, and, of course, Duck is here. Gary Henry is the Mid-State Transmission and Auto Repair, 5575 Sleepy Village Road in Benton. How's the uh, highway out there now? Have they fixed it all the way? No. Huh? <laughs> no. They say in the next couple of months. But they, boy, they all they got to do is work stick. on it. I mean, yeah. they got the crew. The dirt's close. All they it's not that bad it's just what it is they have moved him over to the new side though dave yeah it's been that way for a while so no oh, okay it, it it's really not that bad uh i don't know that how much better it can be when they get it all fixed and roundabouts are so small yeah yeah you know I've, we went down through the other day and there's old boy coming up an 18 wheeler coming up and i stopped backed up there's not room that's what everybody's <laughs> got to do he can't come through mm-hmm. with traffic Somebody's got to stop and give. I mean, they, so, they just made them way too small. They had broom. They could have made them bigger. Yeah. All right. So. Mid-State Transmission. Business phone number is 501-315-9100. And their website is midstatetransmission, excuse me, dot com. Well, you know about Duck's Place. Duck is over there in Benton. We always talk about Duck's Place. It's at 1511 Air Lane Drive in Benton. Uh, phone number there, 501-778-2886. Yes. And the phones are working, correct? Mm, at this time? Some. Oh, no. They're screwing up again? Yeah, they won't roll over sometimes. <laughs> oh, no. They won't roll. When you call on the 8-6 number, they're supposed to roll over to the 8-9 or the 6-6 six, six number and... 
sometimes it'll act like it's going to roll and it just hangs up. It's through I, talking. I don't know how you keep your composure. Oh, my wife scolded me the other day. <laughs> Why, Jack? Told me, told me, ugly. Told me I ought to be ashamed of myself. Well, I talked to that lady on the phone. Yeah. But I explained to that lady, you probably cost me $20,000 worth of business. And she said, but I'll sign you up for direct TV. Exactly. <laughs> Bundled it up for you. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. You know what her, her, what she told me? She said, sir, if you got TV there, you know, and I'm so mad about the phones not working. You know, I'm that totally catch you I, off I got, guard. Right? I got four phone lines and none of them is working. I got a guy standing there trying to pay me a nine thousand dollar bill with a credit card. I can't even run the credit card, and she's trying to sell me Direct TV. She said, "But sir, <laughs> when you have your customers in there, they would appreciate being able to watch your TV." I said, "If you don't get my phones fixed, I ain't gonna have no customers." But I said it in a little bit different. Yeah, I bet. Know. I bet but you did. She called me two days later, still trying to sell it to me. And two days later, she called me, called me again. She didn't call me after that time, though. Three times she tried to sell you DirecTV. And the whole time explained to me, sir, you just, you know, you're a customer. I got DirecTV there. Right. I already have DirecTV there. You know, but. It, Maybe they wanted to give you 4K <clears throat> DirecTV. They can't even give me enough internet service <laughs> to make my phones work. I have, I have to make. Three phone lines. They cut me down to three phone lines because fortunately I can't make it work. I have two modem boxes just to make my phones work. Yeah, some. They still mess up. Okay, so you've got the number of that one guy. Does he answer your calls anymore? Yes, he did. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I called him this morning. I got there this morning. I had one phone line. Oh, no. And he, he I don't showed know. up? No, he did something over the phone line. I don't know what he did, but he finally got him back to work. You know, it's it's frustrating. You go in there every morning. Oh, yeah. And, the, you know, I, I walk in the door, walk to my office, open the door, and I grit my teeth and I pick the phone up. See if I got a dial tone. I switch to the next line, <laughs> see if I got a dial tone. It's a pretty bad day when you got to go in there and grit your teeth <laughs> to see if you got phone service. Yeah. This makes me feel better already. I just thought mine was bad. <laughs> I've had problems out of it too. Very frustrating. It, it, mine's been going on now for four months, off and on. That you know, but that the one week though, it, when it went down, it went totally down. Oh yeah, and that I got. Was, it. I remember <clears throat> that was a nightmare for you. Well, it, it, this was the bad part. It went down on Monday morning. Well, you know, they tell you to unplug, plug, blah blah. blah, blah, blah. So I did all that, and I finally got the eight six line working. I instantly rolled it over to my cell phone. Yeah. thinking well at least have know, one I, line i have one line that i can talk on well the guy come out there and mess with it about 10 minutes and i got it fixed go ahead and unroll it it'll be all right he didn't get out of driveway good and it was down and i never got it to roll back over the good thing most of my customers got my cell phone number so they call and eat me out I come in answering your telephone <laughs> well there is a reason yeah, yeah it's not that i'm ignoring you yeah, so but it's okay. It's you know, it's just facts of life. It's just business. The, ain't it, Gary? The banes, yes. the banes of being a businessman. It's not no. always easy. No, it ain't. It's it's not. Yeah, people don't see that part of small business. No, they don't. But it's okay. I mean, it's just one of them deals that you just, you know, you just it's just part of doing business in the world. You know, it's just uh, it is what it is. But you can't do nothing about it. So I learned a long time ago. I try my best, don't we, Gary, not to get upset, but. 
Okay, so, so sometimes it blows up and you have to talk to the um, talk to the listeners here. We're making the move. I started to talk about this and we ended up on another subject. Uh, we're moving from you know our time in winter, winter time, time to, to spring. spring. So what are the things they should be thinking about doing? If you hadn't replaced your wiper blades, buy your set. Yeah, rainy season. I got to do that. I got to Rainy do that season now. fixing the set in. And if you've made the whole winter with them and they've been froze and we did have a little bit of froze, you know, rain that day. And we've had some, you know, zero degree temperature, the rubber gets hard on them and they'll start to, you know, and, but you need to go buy your set of wipe before the rainy season gets here. Uh, you need to put a set of wiper blades on. You want to know the, on my <laughs> wiper blades, the one that wears out the quickest, the rear one. Yep. That thing wears, and it's a pain to change. You don't know why, Dave? Why? Have you ever seen your back glass when you go down the road, how it gets gets the film all over it, gets yeah. the road? Yeah. It's, the, it's that sand, and it just eats that wiper blade up. Okay. I just know that uh, I'm going to have to change it again, but to change it you, on that <laughs> on that Acadia, you got to take it off. off. Yes. Put a new one on and uh, put another one, yeah. put it back on. Yes, again. a little bit of pain to do. But in, in, you know, I have, I've had other people ask me, how come the back one don't last near as long as the front one? Because when you turn it on the windshield, the, the glass is dry and it's just like sandpaper on it. You know, you're rubbing back forward on sandpaper and it just eats it up. I tell people squirt the ball before you ever turn it on, you know, put you some water up there and it still don't, I mean, it don't work, but it helps it. But you know, it's just, uh, it's what it is. Is it a problem? It's just a problem that goes along with yep, it. It's just problem of having a rear wiper blade yeah let me let me quickly talk about pi roofing you were talking about a problem you had with your roof pi roofing is ready to take care of uh, repairing any kind of roofing problem you have here's what they also can do for you now they have hired some people that work a couple of teams that they have and if you have uh, some really bad uh, things happen inside your house like the drywall interior painting things of that nature a lot of times hard to find people to take care of that because everybody takes care of one aspect of it. Well, with PI roofing, they'll take care of all of it, the roof and uh, repairing the drywall and painting ex- uh, interior wise. They'll pay, uh, repaint exterior. They do carpentry work as well. Uh, some pressure washing if necessary insulation. They'll do that for you. All you have to do is call them 501 687 6246 we've got more rain coming friday if if you got a leak you ain't going anywhere all it'll get is bigger so uh you know call pi roofing and let them take care of you pi roofing and home solutions just look for them on the internet at piroofing.com all right back with you dave ellswick show bumper to bumper makes this and uh our saturday morning car and truck doctor show possible and there's a reason why these gentlemen who are bumper-to-bumper certified service centers use bumper-to-bumper. And uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that, uh, uh, Doc? And, uh, and Gary, you can jump in and, and you know say why you belong with them. Well, me and Gary use the same guy. We use Dickie down at Evans. Uh, uh, they have good parts. They have AC Delco. They have Motocraft. They have Standard. They have about anything we want. Uh <coughs> And like I told you last week, Dave, they also got big truck parts too. They got the 15 and a half inch clutches. They got the, you know, the 14 inch, uh, inch and three quarter inch double disc clutch. They have far as we got, they have about anything we want <coughs> and anything we need, they'll get it for us or 
It's just a service. They provide and go do whatever trouble they got to go through to take care of us. I needed something from uh, uh, Ford the other day, and I didn't have nobody go get it. And Dickie said, I'll handle it. A few minutes, they showed up with it. Right. You know, that's the good thing about them is they, they go they go out of their way to take care of us. I mean, they just make sure that we took care of make sure we got whatever we need. They make sure we get it. And they're I mean, good folks. They're good. That's what I was going to say. They're good folks all the way to the top. I mean, just that's that's why we're there. You know, when we first went to this deal and met the people, you can't keep them from liking them. Yeah. And, and that's a lot in today's world with relationships a personal relationship with the people you know with doing that you do business with you just can't beat them yeah you know you got mike down there you got paul down there you got dicky down there you got miss goatee down there you got you know their daughters down there delivering parts and everything they're you know just super nice people see i can tell you don't have any kind of relationship with them at all yeah no (laughs) miss goatee Well, the thing that I've always noticed is, is if they make an honest mistake and they happen to get the wrong part over to you, you call them, they immediately yeah. dispatch somebody to you to get there as quickly as they can with that part. Yeah, and, and they, they bend over backers to take care of us, don't they, Gary? I mean, they do. They, they, it's whatever they can do to take care of us out of our place. So Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I, I called something the other day, and he looked it up, and he said there ain't one in our system nowhere's. Well, when I went to check in every place else, the reason they ain't one in their system, they ain't none in the, in the United States. Wow. Wow. Yep. That's amazing. Power steering pump for a C60 a Chevrolet with a Caterpillar in it. It's just a just a ZF pump. It's the same pump like they use on a uh, like on a three quarter ton uh, Chevrolet truck, but they was on national back order. Okay. None. I finally found one in Syracuse, New York. At another dealership. And it ain't leaving today. <clears throat> Not with all the snow that's falling right but now. But no, I, I got it. They they shipped it overnight to me. Okay. I got it in yesterday. But the thing is, I had I had to talk to the guy to sell it to me. Why is that? He wouldn't. He only had one. Ah, okay. <laughs> and he didn't want to turn it loose. It cost me extra $100 for him to sell it to me. But I called a customer. The customer's out of Dallas, Texas. And he got two guys sitting there looking at me. He said, I don't care what you got. I airmailed it in, cost $156 for air freight. But, but you got it fixed for them. They left about 11 o'clock this morning going up Yankee land somewhere to do something. And they was going to help whatever's happened up there. They were going up there to help them. I know that you were talking, this is several <clears> months <throat> ago, that uh, somebody had a problem with their truck. And uh, the guy had been put up in a hotel, and you guys had to order parts special for him yep. and got him on. And they paid a lot of money yep. to put that guy up and stuff, but they didn't want to ship another truck to him. Yep. Yeah, they, I put them in the motel. I put them guys in the motel for two days. You know, I figured out what I needed and finally found it and got it shipped in overnight. But uh, I made a deal with the motel there in town. I went to the Days Inn and talked to the owner and and. and if I take you there, he'll say he'll put you in a room for fifty nine dollars a night, where it's normally eighty nine dollars a night. That's a good deal, you know. And that's plus plus tax. It's about sixty eight or nine dollars tax and all. But uh, I kind of knew him a little bit, and I just told him, I said, "Look, I'll send them all to you, but you know, you got to help them out a little bit." And so he does. He he. And the good thing about it, 
they're right there by everything, ain't they, Gary? Yes. They're right there by Colton's. They're by McDonald's. I mean, by Wendy's. So you just walk across Bell. the speech or, or yeah. street or whatever. Yeah. And, and is, that, is that over there by Chick-fil-A and all that? Uh, no, no, I'm talking so, Bryant. I'm yeah, it's, a, it's behind the Chicken Chicken Express. Yeah, Chicken, chicken Express, Express is where it's well, right behind where the Walmart used to be. Yeah, kind of IHOP. <clears throat> IHOP's good. That's a good thing buying. about it. They're close to Walmart. You know, if they need anything, they can walk to Walmart. So you know, they, they're you know, it it, it works out good for all of us because it's right by my way on the way home too. <laughs> okay, so you can pick them up. I I drop them off and pick them up or whatever. <laughs> But it's, but that, that's the kind of stuff, and that's something good for people to know. Because I know Gary, you're the same way. If somebody needs help, you guys give them help. You may, you it, know, there's more to your car breaking down or your truck breaking down than just your car or your truck breaking down. It I, causes problems. Joe called me yesterday. He said, "Hey, I got a a, a young lady and a guy in a uh, uh, Dodge Printer. Oh, six, I think it was." He said. If I send them to you, can you check it? And I said, yeah, what's the matter with it? He said, we think it needs a turbo on it. Okay. So he sends them out there, and they was a young couple, and they was traveling from uh, somewhere in North Carolina. They was going to Washington State. Long ride still ahead of them. But they were scared to go across the northern route, so they're going across the southern route, you know, okay. then go up the coast. And So I get them over there, and I check it, and it's got code for a map sensor. It's got a code for a boost sensor. Well, on a Dodge Sprinter, it has a resonator. You ever seen one, Gary? No. The both sensors <laughs> is made into this resonator. It's a, it's about the, it's about a foot long, and it's two inch pipe. But they put both sensors right there together, and where they put them at, they're notorious about cracking. Okay. So checked it, put smoke machine to it, and smoked it. Smoke come out of the crack. So I called Dodge. We don't have one. Three days to get one. So I'm thinking, well told the lady i said look and they made this into a camper i mean they're they're staying in it and everything and right so i'm standing there thinking and russell said dad walk out back and i'm looking at him like what walk out back the one out's back with a bad motor in it so i'll go out back and rob it off <laughs> i'll rob it off it and i'll about an hour and a half later they leave and go home they very go home. good yeah and she said what are you going to do for that truck? So I buy one, put back on it, and they don't need it for four days, and they get here in three. <laughs> no, and I, I got a motor coming for it, so I mean it's going to be you know in the next week before I get the motor for it because they had to build it. But you know, and just lucky enough, the one on that truck was new. It had been on there about four or five months, so you know. Well, let me just tell everybody that you know when you have a problem with your car, you need to get it fixed. You need to go bumper bumper certified service center. They'll take good care of you in more ways than just fixing your car many times. If, if they, if for instance, this couple needed to get out to Washington state and the duck had a piece of, for their car that was on another car, they took it off the other car, put it on their car. They're on their way and things are taken care of. You get a couple of, you know, con, uh, concrete cowboys that are stuck. Yep. You take care of them. I know you've done things like that too, Gary. Yes. Well, it's easy when it's people that that's just lives here, but when people's broke down, I try to give them the help that I would want if I was broke down somewhere, whether it's taking them somewhere to stay, telling them what we can do, priority treatment, staying late to get them on the road. Uh-huh. Those are the things we do just because I hope that if the day comes when it's me, that yeah. I get it back. And that's what, that's all I, you expect from that's the business. A, and, and I, you know, 
I get in trouble sometimes because I'll, you know, stick my foot in my mouth and and tell somebody something, you know. But they're broke down on the interstate, and they got kids in the vehicle. I had one one time. The woman broke down. She had six horses. Oh, my God. It was in the middle of July, and it was one of them 120-degree days. Mm. And she said – and what she had wrong i couldn't fix it you know that day i said look i'm you know might put you in the motel she said what am i going to do with my horses i said no problem i'll take care of them so i got a friend lives right there beside me she got a 25 <laughs> acre pasture she got 12 horses of her own there you go i called her i said shonda can you board her six horses tonight she said no problem i said can you bring your truck and get this trailer because <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have nothing with a fifth well you know so he just didn't. talked real sweet to her yeah Okay. She's easy to talk sweet to. She'd do, you know. So she come, got the horses, took them to her place, fed them, hate them, put them in the barn. The next morning, I called her about ten thirty, and I said they're going to come get the horses. She said I got them loaded up on a trailer. I'm on my way with it. Wow! And brought it back to them. Yep. Thank you, Dave. Another another reason why you use bumper to bumper certified service centers. You find them on the internet. All right, under Google, yep. or just call any of the guys that you hear. Here on the Dave Ellsworth And we'll be show. more than welcome to take care of we'll Gary. Care of you. Yes. Gary, thanks for sitting in for Joe. We appreciate it. Duck, I'll see Thank you, you again here down the line, and I'll see Joe on Saturday. In the next hour, my dentist is coming in. I'm bringing him in to talk about some technology and dental surgeries now that makes things a whole lot easier that's gonna do surgery up. on you up here no uh, no not today oh man i was gonna stay and watch it's yeah got more coming up fox news is next all right back final hour of the dave ellswick show for a wednesday hump day middle of the week day over the hill day we are closer to friday than we were on monday and that is a good thing and for me that's a doubly good thing because this friday for me is payday the only way that that's a that's a great friday a perfect Friday is for it to be Friday, payday, and a holiday. So I don't have to go to work, and I'm getting paid anyway. I always like those kinds of days. All right, in the studio, full disclosure here, I brought on my family dentist. And he is my family dentist because, well, he's not seen every member of my family. Uh, his partner has seen my wife and, and working on her. They just had her in. Um, I don't know if it's earlier this week or middle of last week doing some deep cleaning on some teeth in the back. And she had a, um, a filling evidently that was falling apart and said, uh, you want to go ahead and take care of that now? And she said, yes, <laughs> she hates Dennis. I'm just telling you, she hates Dennis. She doesn't like, by the way, did you see the story that millennials hate Dennis? I believe it. Three out of. Only three out of 10 go see a dentist regularly. You know my theory on that? No, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear it. I think it has to do with millennials having a higher dental IQ growing up. Okay. What do you mean by that? Meaning that millennials grew up in a relative amount of dental affluence compared to previous generations, fluoridation in the water, yeah, uh, parents harping on them to go to the dentist growing up, so they feel like that they're hunky dory. No, they're up protected. They, yeah, nothing hurts, and that that's part of the course with millennials. But that's another topic. But well, yeah. the bottom line is, you should do if you got dental insurance, do what they tell you. Go get your teeth cleaned twice a year and oh, let yeah. the dentist look in there. Yeah, you got nothing to lose with dental insurance. I mean, that dental insurance is kind of a 
I don't know. It, it's it's no one's favorite topic because I feel like they're the they're the middleman that that gets between the patient and the and the dentist. But necessary evil right yeah. now. Well, the way you know the medical community is, and and dental work is medical work. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I told my wife when I was having the two teeth removed this last time, we're getting ready to put dentures in my mouth. Just so you'll know. <coughs> oh, my my teeth just fell apart. I had acid reflux. I got type two diabetes, and uh, my teeth took a took a beating. So we had to take out two this last time. We're still waiting for my mouth to completely heal up. And on the fourteenth, I go in, and uh, uh, you know, Doctor Sharp is going to measure my mouth, and then he's going to turn around and have the dentures made. And then when they come back, he'll call me and say, Dave, D-Day has arrived. <laughs> and then they will remove the rest of the teeth off the top. And I still don't understand this completely, but I I grant Dr. Sharp that he's the dentist. He knows what he's doing. And they're going to put my uh, uh, dentures in right after they pull those teeth. Right, that's called an immediate placement denture. So okay. it goes in the same day that the teeth come out. That's wild, man. I, I've never heard of that before. It's the first time I ever heard of that. So it's it's an option that works well for a lot of people. It's the best way to go zero time without teeth. Okay. And what happens is the teeth come out, the gums swell, but then you have the denture over, over the gums, mm-hmm. and then the gums can adapt to the underside of that denture, thus assuring a pretty good fit for a long time and sometimes your gums shrink and you have to make some adjustments later on, but it, it'll get you by for a long time. Okay. So how long will I have to eat mashed potatoes? Hopefully not very long at all. <laughs> Hopefully not very long at all. I mean, I'm just thinking, I, I was also going to say, are you going to give me like a 60 day supply of pain pills? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about 60 day cause they're really clamping down on, I understand on the, that. <laughs> on the opioid crisis that you've heard about in the news. But, right. Um, but no, with maybe a week, Maybe a week, yeah. But the thing is, my, my stock answer to that is just avoid Doritos. Going to shove, shoving Doritos up in your up in your tooth sockets. I'm going to tell you what. I did something stupid after having those two. Oh yeah. Through. Third day, mm-hmm. I was eating Doritos. Oh. <laughs> and I did exactly that. A, a shard broke yep. off, and I didn't. I didn't even feel it. Yeah. Until it went in the socket. You're like, oop! I did something oh, wrong. Oh man. Yep. That hurt. And the other thing that I found out. It's not a good time to eat whole grain breads mm-hmm. because sure as, you know, the sun had come up in the east, mm-hmm. one of those seeds yep. gets in there. Yep. And you, let me just tell our listeners, it is not easy to get that seed out of that socket without having to grit your teeth to do it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. got it out with a pair of tweezers. Well, you're a brave man. What we can do next time is I can send you home with a little syringe to flush it out okay yeah yeah remind me i didn't want you to think that i was being a wuss i no. i text i text uh doctor and i said dude when will this thing finally heal <laughs> up driving me crazy because i'm a quick healer i really right. really am mm-hmm. and it seemed like this was taking a long time but then i remember you've had to put two stitches in that thing mm-hmm. right well and with the diabetes that that can that can affect the the rate of the healing too okay yeah. anyway it You've done a, a good job. I'm I'm ready to get this over with. Today is what the sixth or seventh? Seventh. 
the seventh. So I got one week. It'll be a week from today. Then start making it. Start making yeah. that denture. Hey Scott or uh, Russ, I won't be here next th- or next Wednesday. I'll have to have somebody sit in for me. Neither will I. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're going on vacation. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for Zach. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who's going to fill in for you, but uh, we'll yeah, find. I'll find be... somebody. I'll find. I, I bet you. I the the session will be over. I bet you I can get the lieutenant governor coming here and fill in. Have a good time. He's <laughs> been wanting LG to do in here. That'll be fun. <laughs> he's been wanting to. He's been wanting to do the show again. So we'll let the lieutenant governor come in. But yeah, yeah. Then we want to do the bottles. Okay, mm-hmm. that is a whole different story, is it not? Well, traditionally, upper dentures and lower dentures are completely different animals. Um, a lot of people can get get by with just a regular upper denture and be completely fine. Okay. Lower dentures fit about like socks on a rooster. <laughs> so <laughs> I hadn't heard that. Again, I've got my old stock lines. That I like I, that I have to one. fall back on, but socks on no, a rooster. No, because there's just not as much tissue for the denture to sit on as there is with an upper upper denture. It can adapt to your palate and, and right. lock in there pretty well without any kind of extra retention. So you could always put implants on the bottom to to add on uh, some support to that lower denture. I did that today. I had a patient where uh, all of her lower teeth were rotting out of her head, basically. So kind of like the top of mine. Yeah, worse than yours. But so what we did was we took out the lower teeth, two implants, and then the denture snaps onto the implants. For, okay. For well, ad- you talked about doing that in my on on my bottom jaw. Mm-hmm. But I got a couple of teeth that are in good, really good shape over here. Right. And you're going to use those mm-hmm. for the. Uh, yeah. So if you're, uh, if, if you're lucky enough to have good, stable anchor teeth to hold on to, then that's the best thing. But some patients, they don't have any good anchor teeth. So then you have to make do with the implants. All right. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about technology and what you're you know, about. For instance, my dentures, from what I understand, dentures today are not like uh, the ones I remember what my father uh, wore. And I mm-hmm. remember my father sitting in in his his uh chair his special chair in the living room where we'd watch the cubs and i'd sit by the tv i was a remote and uh <laughs> and he'd pick up his dentures and he'd pull out his pen knife and he's scraping away at the inside of his uh, dentures mm. i i found out after a while that he felt like he had little burrs that would would form in there and he had to get them off and then he put his teeth back in in his mouth i'm going to assume that the the uh, material now that you guys use is probably thinner, you know, forms to the palate a lot easier and things that, of that nature. Yeah, we definitely have better capability to, to gather that, that information that's on your soft tissue to be able to adapt our materials a little bit more closely. That's definitely improved over the years because back when my granddad was a dentist, he, his clinic was essentially a denture clinic. And it was, you, you did the same thing for everybody run them in, run them out. Um, now we do have more options as far as getting better stability. And like I said, on the top, that's pretty straightforward to get good stability. It's on the bottom where the, the only the only bridge between a traditional old-style denture and something that's more stable is to do implants. Put yeah. the titanium uh, screws in the jawbone just for the denture to snap onto for more stability. Okay, as far as, 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 and our guest, Dr. Alex Sharp, he has Sharp's Family Dentistry in Cabot. Uh, it's right there on the, the main drag uh, as you come off the first exit. 
think it's at 16. Yeah. You come off, you're hanging right, right there by the McDonald's, and you'll find him immediately on your right. Great uh, facility and great people. You couldn't find nicer people than the people working there. It used to be Burleson uh, Family Dentistry, and uh, Mr. Burleson, that's who I call I call the, the older gentleman, his, his son, uh, took over the practice after the dad retired and then decided he was going to continue on full-time in, in ministry as a, as a missionary. And Alex, you, you picked up the practice. That's right. Uh, Dr. Brad called me back in November and he told me that his, his calling, uh, was to go serve in the mission field full-time. He'd been doing that in some capacity while managing the practice. And he just felt like God was calling him to to serve in the mission field in a, in a greater capacity than he had been doing. So he called me to ask about taking over the office and I'm here I am. And you were chomping at the oh, bit. I was. Yeah. I mean, I, I've talked to Alex a couple of times since uh, I've, I've been over there and I can tell you this, this is a man who wanted his own gig and now he has it and he is excited. My wife, when she came over was the day that you guys had the hamburgers. <laughs> oh yeah. We had a ribbon cutting yeah. last Wednesday. And, uh, so that was the day she was there. Yeah. I was like, this is not an everyday thing. We don't always give our <laughs> patients hamburgers after they get their teeth clean, but here you go. Well, that's cool. I mean, uh, she really enjoyed it. And she said the hamburgers were really good. They were. Yeah. Our, our friends at Simmons bank helped us out with that. Oh, with their big grill. Oh, with their big grill. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Our, we, uh, we got our practice loan through Simmons and they, they were like, Hey, come on, call us when you do the ribbon cutting and we'll come grill out burgers for everybody and make an event out of it. So uh, thanks again to Simmons. Thanks for all the wonderful businesses in Cabot that came by to show their support for us. That meant a whole lot. Yeah. Not, not to get too in, in, in digging into your business, but how, how has that worked? I mean, Burleson had been there for how many years? So, uh, Dr. James Burleson had originally started practice in Jacksonville, um, decades ago in the seventies. And then he built the new practice in 1997 okay. in Cabot. And he worked there solo until uh, Dr. Brad joined him in 2004. That was his son, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then Dr. Brad and Dr. James worked together until this year. And then, uh, and then Dr. James retired and Dr. Brad sold the practice to me. Dr. The doc, I'm going to say Dr. James is a great guy. Both of them are. They're um, phenomenal and, guys. And, and good Christian men. Yes. Uh, I had Dr. James on a couple of times talk about his books mm-hmm. that he wrote mm-hmm. that, uh, uh, all the money went to Alzheimer's because yep. a lot of people may not know his wife was su- suffering from that. And, uh, you know, I guess he, you know, I, I don't know how old he was. Was he in his late sixties? Late sixties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He, I, I'd come in there sometimes. He just looked tired, mm-hmm. you know, but he did great work on, on my mouth. I, I had nothing bad to say about him at all. No, they're, they're both phenomenal people. They've both been mentors to me since I was, in junior high school, I would shadow them and they would, they would show me kind of the ropes before I even went to dental school. So I, right. I, I owe a lot to those guys for sure. Okay. So you take over. How difficult is that for the customers? That, that's been one of the more challenging parts because again, like you said, you've had such positive experiences with, with the Burlesons before Yeah, and in, in any business, when you're transitioning ownership, there's always going to be that that fear, that fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be better? Is this going to be worse? 
Well, you uh, got to go at least once to find out. Yeah, and, and most people do. And then some people will say, well, there's somebody new there. That's not going to be as good as it was, and then and they go somewhere else. And I understand that, but um, that's been my mantra is that I, I learned from the Burlesons, and I'm going to keep things much the same as much as I possibly can because the, their success came from their gentle touch, their personalized care, comprehensive approach. And those are all things that I'm going to maintain. And it helps a whole lot in terms of maintaining patience when the staff stayed. You, you went yeah, over, the staff you, stayed there. Yeah, you went over the staff, you went over the patients. Because if I were to go in and say, oh, you guys are getting paid too much, I'm going to clean house. That's, that's, no one's, no <laughs> that's one, no one, not wins. A perfect, no that's one, not a perfect way. No, no one wins that. in that scenario. <laughs> no one wins in that scenario. I so, agree. Yeah. I agree. So I can, I can honestly attest that uh, as good a service as before, in fact, better in some areas. And uh, the dentist is a good guy, and he works hard. Alex works hard. I've uh, the, the, the several times I've been there, you've done very well. Well, thank you, Dave. That means a lot. <coughs> and uh, and I'm not just blowing smoke up anybody's dress here. I'm just I'm, I, I my word is all I have. And uh, bottom line, if if I say they're good, they're good. I'll be honest with you. I can tell you that without a, without a hitch in my, my, my voice at all. So with all that uh, being said, it's interesting what you said. You said that well, this is a new guy. Maybe I'll try somebody else. Well, that's a new guy too, or a new lady or whatever. What, right. What's the difference there? Well, I think when, when there's a change like that, people subconsciously attach that change the, the negativity, the perception of that negative change, they, they see me as the, the harbinger of that. They see me as being the the, the arbiter of that change huh. when, in fact, it's like, well, I'm going to go somewhere else because this this is the, the, the ax that drove the, the drove the equilibrium apart. He's, he's the one that caused it, so I'm going to go somewhere else. He caused the Burlesons yeah. to leave. Yeah, and, and, and right or wrong, I understand that standpoint. I understand it because it's, it's – it's upsetting the apple cart, so to speak. But, but I mean, all, all you can do is is continue to treat people well and and put put the patients first. I mean, that's that's our motto. We're having a meeting at work tomorrow just to talk about our mission, our vision going forward, and and that's going to be the 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 main topic of that meeting is saying, hey, we're we are a patient first practice. Everything else comes second. And what can we do to make that better? Right, because with dentistry. It's becoming a segmented market. It's kind of like uh, retail where you have your Walmarts, you have your Nordstroms, and it's the same in dentistry. You're getting your corporate dental offices popping up everywhere, and that's your, that's your Walmart. I can talk about that. Yeah, and so you, do you want to be the Nordstrom of dentistry or do you want to be the Walmart? And we want to we explicitly be in the Nordstrom camp where we can slow down, we can take our time, we can give people personalized service without herding them through like cattle. I can tell you, I mean, I, Dr. Brown was my dentist for years over in Little Rock. And uh, I suddenly got a letter from him saying that he had sold the practice. Somebody had bought out his practice. And he was going back to northwest uh, Arkansas because that was where he was from. And so he was gone, and a company had bought his practice. I went there one time. I won't say the, the name of the company. I just will tell you I went there one time that answers your questions about what I thought it was, it was assembly line dentistry and I did not like it. 
I like to know the people, get to know the people that are sticking their hands in my mouth, so to speak. And Alex will talk about that. When we come back, quick break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It is a Wednesday. It's uh, time for you to get home because it's, uh, go, you know, we're getting towards the 6 o'clock mark. You're lucky because you're almost home and I haven't left yet. Uh, Safari Pets, 808 West Main in Cabot. 501-628-0067 is their local number. They're going to be here on my show uh, 5 o'clock on Friday. We'll get lots of answers about different animals. If you got pets, uh, you'll want to listen. If you got exotic pets, you'll definitely want to listen. And uh, maybe uh, your exotic pet's having a little bit of problem. If you'll call uh, during the time Safari Pets is on, John and Jason should be able to answer any question you have about how to take care of your pet or pets. Also, circle April 14th on your uh, calendar. That's when the big annual anniversary sale happens, where they'll have lots and lots and lots of sales and discounts just for you. That's Safari Pets, 808 West Main in Cabot, 628-0067. To this day, every time I hear that, I wish that I had said when he said, why would I want a gun? And I I want, I, you know, sometimes you're in the heat of the moment of talking to somebody and you don't think of the best line and the best line would have been, if you want to be a bullet catcher, please be one. All right. Stand next to me because <laughs> I will have a gun. That's just to be, be honest with you. That's the way it goes, man. Some people just don't know what's good for them. I agree with that. I do. My guest is uh, Dr. Alex Sharp. He's got, uh, the dental practice of the Burleson's, uh, and, uh, we're going to have uh, take a break here in about 30 seconds to get Fox Fox News in, and then we're going to have a whole nother half hour. I want to talk about how technology has changed. We, we've talked a little bit talking about dentures and new materials. I want to talk about implants, and those are relatively new. I mean, they've been around for a little bit, but are they going to get where they're so, so people are so used to them that the price will start? coming down a little bit on them. We'll talk about that here on the Dave Ellswick show right now, though, let's uh, jo- join up with Fox news, find out what's going on in, uh, in the world in 60 seconds. You know, I, I asked myself, Russ, when I come back and I hear that he's a great American and I, I'm, I'm going to start smiling because I think you're going to say Dave Ellswick and they say, Sean Hannity, you're a great American. Dave. I'm just, really yeah, are. come on, man. It's my show. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Let me if remind only they knew exactly what he thought about you. <laughs> I know what he thinks about me. Uh, you do, and yeah. I do, but the regular listening audience doesn't. Here, I'll tell everybody. Whenever I go to the new media seminar in New York, and I get I get invited there often, when I show up, the first thing Hannity says to me when I see him is, when are you going to put me on live? Because he's, of course, tape delayed after my show, and I go, Sean? Your show is on the same time as my show is. Guess who's not going to be on live? And he says, but I do such a good show. And I go, so do I. <laughs> so we have an, a, an understanding. He gets to be on the radio station, but after me, not before me. Just the way it works. That's how it goes. All right. Don't forget about Horton's orthotics and prosthetics. Uh, they are a family owned business. You got Gary Horton, who is the father. He started the business. Uh, know that uh, this is a guy who worked with NASA. He helped NASA develop the articulating knee. 
So when uh, you see people with prosthetics and they bend at the knee and you can walk normally, it's because of uh, the work of Gary Horton and other uh, scientists at NASA. Uh, he works with his sons now. Uh, Mike and, and Chris work downstairs uh, with the prosthetic lab and the orthotic lab. And then his daughter works out in Bryant and makes up uh, a lot of the appointments and things of that nature for you all to be seen by Mike and Chris when they come to those facilities. Uh, if you're a woman and you have had breast cancer or to keep from getting breast cancer, you've had your breasts removed. The folks at Hortons can take a, uh, uh, proactive, uh, work with you and get your self-esteem back because they deal, uh, seriously in a very serious manner, uh, with that problem. Call them at 501-663-2908. That's 501-663-2908. Or visit them at their main location, 5220 West 12th Street in Little Rock. My uh, guest here in the last hour is my family dentist, and his name is Alex Sharp. I've asked him to come in. He's a, he's a, a sharp character, and ladies, he is married. I just want to tell everybody that right now. See, there's you can... Here, hold that up again. Get a good close shot of that. Okay, we got it. Okay. He is married. So I don't care how cute you think he is. He's married. Just keep that in mind. Well, evidently what we've got going on is uh, people are watching it on Facebook Live right now, and they're saying, who is this, Dennis? Well, I've got a face for radio, Dave. What can I say? (laughs) Yeah, you do. Absolutely. Anyway. I want to talk to you about technology because things have changed in dentistry a lot since I know since I've been going, I mean, I, I, I used to go when they'd fill your mouth up with water and they say spit in the little porcelain bowl next to the, to the dentist chair and things of that nature. And, uh, when they came in to numb your mouth, the needle looked like, you know, a big ice pick that they were sticking in your mouth and things of that nature. Now it's very thin needles. I've never understood exactly how they work where they're bent kind of at an angle and you guys can go in there and, and, and do the injections and relatively painless as far as I'm concerned. Appreciate you saying that it's coming from somebody who got shots in his mouth yeah. two weeks ago. I so did. It's good to hear. The only one, the one that was the source though, was the the one that had to go in the roof of the we're, mouth. We're still working on that one. No, that, that's, still working that's, on always that one huh? the, that's always the bugaboo. <laughs> anyway, it wasn't that bad. I, I anesthesia has never been that bad but the thing that has really gotten better is that you used to go in and and get something let's say the top here in the left side of your mouth you you would be nerve you'd be completely numb from where your teeth are all the way up to the forehead they would numb it completely out i mean you couldn't even feel your eyeball it's not that way anymore you guys can get very specific in where you're putting it right yeah we've got pretty specific acting anesthetics and we have probably five or six different ones that we filter through depending on the the situation. We have ones that don't raise your blood pressure. We have ones that work marginally well for a short amount of time, ones that are long acting. And then certain people have different allergies to different ones. So we have to be cautious about which ones we give to which people. But, but yeah, there is, there isn't, there's not just one Novocaine shot with a giant, like it used to be like a giant full bore needle that you're used to. Like you're getting your ear pierced. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just seriously, I've noticed that, that it's gotten better. It doesn't taste any better. No. 
I mean, uh, you can still taste that stuff. Well, I tell people if I could invent an anesthetic that tasted good, I could retire tomorrow. Like, that's just the way it is. There's a demand for it, but it's that bitterness that keeps it where it needs to be. Unfortunately, yeah. It's it's really bad. All right, so other things that are going on now, and I I mentioned it at the end of last half hour, and that's the whole thing about implants. Implants just really do uh, interest me because it just makes sense to me that if you can lodge something into the jawbone and the jawbone heal around it, it's going to be, it's going to feel like you got your regular teeth there. Well, implants are the next best thing to what God gave you. That's what I always tell everyone is that if you're wanting something that's stable, that's going to last a long time, that has a high rate of success, that's the next best thing to what God gave you. Um, It can replace a single tooth. It can replace a full arch of teeth. It just depends on what your needs are. And, uh, it's usually made out of titanium. The body accepts it. It's what we call biocompatible, where the, the rejection rate is very, very, very low. They've been testing these things since the 70s. So high rate of success, uh, we, it's what you do when the root canal doesn't work oftentimes because root canals don't have nearly the, the success rate typically that, that implants can. Well, I have noticed root canals, and I had my share. They fall apart. They slowly but surely fall apart. Now, maybe it was my teeth that were the problem. Uh, but uh, plus I had Air Force dentists doing it. And when they say practice medicine in the military, they mean practice medicine. Yeah. Well, in root canals, they have a, they have a place and they can work really well for a long time. I mean, I've got patients that have had root canals in their teeth for 50 years. and They, they can work fine. But again not it's not appropriate for all teeth just like implants aren't appropriate for all situations but they're another tool in the toolbox Mm -hmm. and and implants are going to become more ubiquitous as we go on because i think as they become a larger segment of the of the market you may see the the depression of the cost that comes with it as they become more that's what i'm pervasive the the more they're done Mm -hmm. the more you know the price is going to come down walk my listener through that process how do you what do you do when yeah. you do this? So say you have a tooth that has a giant cavity in it and say there's not enough tooth left to save, to build back up and, and, and maintain for the long term. That's a situation where you take the tooth out, you put a bone graft where the tooth was in the tooth socket. Okay. Now I'm going to stop you there. How do you do a bone graft? What do you got to do? You that take, means you got to bring the bone from somebody place else, don't you? Yeah. Usually, usually it's artificial bone. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's artificial bone that you can put in the tooth socket, and then you let that heal for three to four months. And then once you have a good foundation of bone, then you can go in and put that titanium implant in and then put a crown or a denture or what else, you, whatever you need onto it. That bone graft, mm-hmm. okay, I don't, want, I don't want this to sound morbid, but it, is that a tissue donation? It can be. I it, know that when I – the only time that I did not do – radio for one year and i worked for the regional organ bank of illinois brave man and and we uh you know because i had gone to seminary and had taken classes on how to deal with death and things of that nature they hired me to talk to the families about donating tissue and they had gotten to the point with tissue donations where they could use just about every piece of your body and bone was something that uh, they did very well there in Illinois of grinding it up. And then it was, it was kept in a, in a sub zero container 
And I was just wondering if that was where some of this was going to. Yeah, I mean, they have all different kinds of bone grafts, some that come from cows, pigs, humans. Some of it's just completely artificial, made in a lab that, wow. doesn't, that doesn't come from any, any See, that's live organism. That's amazing. It is, and that's, that's what's exciting about this field is that there's so many different directions you can go. I mean, you can just sit there and do fillings all day, or you can do root canals all day, or you can place implants all day. It's whatever, whatever interests you and mostly whatever your patients need. Except if you have too much education, you can't clean teeth. Right. Well, I, I can still, <laughs> if I wanted to, I could clean teeth all day. I'm just kidding. If I wanted to. I'm just going back to how some people attacked that guy uh, out in Fort Smith who was cleaning teeth. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know? The and, orthodontist. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, he's an orthodontist. Of course he could clean teeth. Yeah, the, the thing there was, it was a political issue between the general dentists and the yes, orthodontist. it was. Because it was, it was a turf war. Yeah, that's what I know. It, it, yeah. it was licensing is yes. what it was. Yeah. So I talk about that a lot on the air, by the way. That's the reason it just came up. But uh, so you go in and, and, I mean, how do you put the screws in? I mean, do you get the Black & Decker out and, just, you know, put it in? Or, it's like a Black & Decker but smaller. Okay. Yeah, and and, and you use, you have a, a drill. And I mean, it's so much, so much of dentistry is, is akin to carpentry, akin to woodworking, akin to uh, any kind of hands-on uh medium like that it's it's very similar well it's just the same way when they you know you got uh your your doctors that are working on hips and knees mm-hmm. and things of that nature in fact those <laughs> those things look like black and decker except they don't have black and decker on them right yeah they just have the the dental tax or the yeah. medical tax where you pay about three <laughs> times as much just because it's a, a it has dental on the package That's incredible yeah that's incredible we won't, I won't get into political stuff. I, I promised him I wouldn't get into political. That's stuff. next episode. Yeah. We'll do that when we comes in at another time. But so you put in, you put in the stud, I mm-hmm. guess is what that would be. Mm-hmm. And then do the teeth just, do they just screw on there? Yeah. Or you do, can, do you clip yeah. them on or you can I mean, screw them on or you can cement them on. We, okay. I like to screw them on just because you don't have any chance of cement messing with the implant. Okay. So you, typically it's just several units screwed together and you get great stability, great, great resistance to fracture and, and things tend to be really stable for a long period of time. So that's, that's kind of the, the Rolls Royce option for tooth replacement. You can still do a traditional bridge like they've done for, for eons where you, where you grind down the teeth on either side of the space and then you run a bridge to connect that space with teeth. And there's still a time and a place for that, but again, it's becoming passe because the implant option is available. All right. So when we come back, because we've got to take another break here, got to make the bills, got to keep on the keep the lights on here at the radio station. Um, I want to talk to you again. I want to go back and talk about dentures for a second. And what do you do with people who lost their molars? So okay. no, don't start. I want you to just hold it's your. It's a teaser. Yeah, it's a teaser. All right, we'll be back. To talk about it in a moment. Keep in mind about Sunny's Auto Salvage. I've been talking about Sunny's now for a couple of years. Your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Uh, I I talked to RD yesterday uh, while he was here in studio with us in the power panel, and I said uh, I want you to look up a a 2010 Acadia transmission for me, if you would, RD. Tell me how much it cost, and then how much for your guys to put it in for me, because I know he'll give me a three year parts and labor warranty plus unlimited mileage during that three years. And, uh, if anything goes wrong, they'll, they'll take care of it. If you got to get it fixed somewhere out 
you know, in the United States, it breaks down. You got to get something done, bring the bill back to him and, and show it to him. He's going to take care of it. All you have to do is call him and talk to him, whether it's a motor, a transmission, or like me, a rear tail light that I knocked out. You can get those pieces at Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Remember, they are hooked up by computer to thousands of other salvage yards. 982-7451 number to call. 982-7451. That's for Sonny's Auto Salvage. Man, it goes fast. Seven minutes left in the show today. Tomorrow, the governor visits the Dave Ellswick studio. He'll be here to talk to us live. Uh, well, of course, we'll talk about Medicaid expansion. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, you know, they, they got the uh, uh, necessary clearances from the federal government so they could get the, the work requirement added on to uh, the Medicaid expansion. So we'll talk to him about all of that. I want to talk to him about uh, school safety and make sure that we're not going down the path of some of the uh, states are trying to go down of you can't buy a gun until you're 21 and all the rest of it is just, you know, asinine. So we'll talk to the governor about that. But you, if you can't be there at two o'clock when he's on, we always repeat uh, interviews like that. We'll play it again at five o'clock. So you might, uh, you can get it while you're driving home from work. So keep that in mind. You'll want to hear what he has to say. Uh, Alex Sharp is my guest. He's my dentist. He has the uh, Sharp family dentistry right there in Cabot. It's off the first exit, exit 16. You get off there uh, as you come through the corridor of death and then take a right, uh, and, <laughs> and he's right on the right-hand side. But uh, if you live in the Cabot area, I can't imagine you going just for your normal dentistry anywhere else, to be, to be honest with you. So I, I posed a question to you. I set you up. We got the ball on the tee for you. You've got the driver. This is your time, all right? For a person like myself who's lost a lot of his molars, how do you add in some molars that you like to get so you can crush the food instead of having to use your front teeth to try to eat? Well, the 21st century solution to that is, is implants. Okay. Where you, yeah, All right. you, you put implants in, you put one to two implants on each side, top and bottom, and that's usually ample chewing space for most people. Okay. Some, some people need two in each area of the mouth, but... I usually am more conservative and say, hey, let's try one in each spot. If you need more, we can do more. Yeah, because I like steak. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to eat steak if all you have is your front teeth. Sure. It's not fun. No, I can imagine. And so, I mean, traditional wisdom was either you pull them all out and get a denture, or if you have enough good anchor teeth left on on either the top or bottom, then you do a partial denture. Okay. And so that, that was really your only option. Uh, traditionally but now with implants there's so many different permutations of ways you can go rather than just the 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 standard old denture partial that your grandpa had okay so now if you get a denture and it goes in the back of your mouth i'm I'm just thinking that getting the suction you're talking about would be tough should i buy should i buy stock in polygrip (laughs) some people don't even know what i just asked about yeah so polygrip is is the old uh the, the, the infamous adhesive that goo. You, yeah the goo that you squirt <laughs> on the underside of your denture to make it stick to your to your gums and ideally a well-made denture doesn't require that much polygrip uh, again for upper denture you get better better uh, fit lower denture 
socks on a rooster. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So poly grip is, is, is all but a necessity on the lower, but on the upper, you can usually get by without it. Okay. And, and that's where the implants come in. If you don't want to buy stock in poly grip, then you get a couple of buy implants. Buy it in titanium. Yeah. Buy it in titanium. <laughs> titanium futures are looking good right now. Yeah. So yeah. You, they need to go out to, uh, the black Panthers kingdom and pick up <laughs> some of his metal in Wakanda. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> That would be a great way to make your wife is saying, he told me he was a geek. He really is a geek. Yeah, I am. I'm a geek. Yeah, exactly. I love that stuff. Yeah. As, as the doctors found out as he's coming to my studio and you know, I got all these life-size people standing around him. It's amazing. It's like a, it's like a playland for conservative <laughs> nerds. It's wonderful. It's a lot of fun here. It really is. All right. So if people are interested in coming out and see you doc, uh, where do they call? And, uh, I've always found it's really easy to, to make a, you know, a time to come in and see you. Well, one of the best assets that we have is, is our staff, obviously our, our, our team, uh, Ruth, uh, will take care of you up front. Ruth, Stephanie, uh, Lindsay will all take care of you up front. Our assistants are great. Sherry, Margaret, Caleb, Madison, everyone's wonderful. Best hygienist around from, from I think pop- Madison's one used to clean my teeth Madison- when I was getting teeth cleaned. <laughs> Madison's new, so probably not. No, maybe not. Okay, but yeah, best hygienist around. So from top to bottom, front to back, everyone's wonderful. Um, hi, Sherry. Um, Sherry's your friend that worked on worked on you the oh, other worked day. Worked on me. Okay, I was just getting ready to ask that question. Yeah, she's she she's did, listening. She did great. Yeah, she really did. Really, really super. The lady who cleaned my teeth the two times I've been there to get my teeth cleaned and stuff. Uh, was looking at buying a concealed carry. Mm-hmm. All right, not for the office. All right, but bottom line was getting her concealed carry. Smart move, yeah. So uh, she was asking me all kinds of questions about it. She knew I could give her the right answers, I guess. I know. I, th- I think that's that's a that's a no brainer for everybody. Well, nowadays. I agree. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. We are out of talk or time talk. What's the phone number there? It's a five zero one eight four three five eight zero eight. Okay. That's the number. Call him. I swear by him. He does a great job. Uh, I'll be seeing him on the 14th. That's next week. And uh, he'll be taking the final measurements for my dentures. I don't think they have to do anything next week, like remove teeth. Not not unless you want us to. Be a couple of weeks (laughs) later. Anyway, bottom line, uh, they do a great job. We'll see you later. I got to get out of here. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.